Welcome to the Bros Who Think Podcast, starring your host, Mr. Lyndon Burton, and his co-host, Horace Hall, a.k.a. Brooklyn, and Adam Schubert. We got a lot to get into today, fellas, so without further ado, take it away, boys. gentlemen and welcome to another edition of the bros who think podcast my name is lyndon burton aka young boy d with aka the people's champ aka the mfing building yes i censored myself that time brooklyn because young d is in the building shout out to you but this is episode 93 i'm joined by my co-host as always mr brooklyn brooklyn how you doing I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Can't complain. You know what I'm saying? Young D over here trying to interrupt Lynn Trump. She was like, nah, oh, no. <laughs> we love she it. Was all this. It's all good. For beard gang. But I, said, I ain't got no beard. <laughs> <laughs> we, we missed you last week. Your ass was, was, was caught up, moved, getting ready for the move. Daddy duties, but we glad you back. Also joining us. Our other co-host, the our, the newest co-host of, but he he always been co-host and low key is is young Shoes Shuby. What is up, brother? What's up, guys? It seems like Fee is not trying to be a part of the beard gang. I think she already has gotten a love for the beards. So you watch out, Brooklyn. <laughs> I like you. See it. Oh, man, I'm, I'm the only one in beard gang because neither you two ne- neither you two have beards. We might have to, no. I'm part of the mustache gang, right? Yeah, we're going to have to get a new slang, mustache, yeah, mustache gang. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to figure something out. I'm going to have to make you niggas grow a beard, because that's trademarked. <laughs> I would definitely, uh, I, I, I would enjoy that very much. No, I bet. Is it, is it you can't grow, is it like y'all can't grow one? Or is uh, it just... I can't grow like a mine Jeff doesn't Dynasty connect. one. Yours does doesn't connect. Okay, B, I understand that because I didn't grow mine out when it couldn't connect either. And mine, I just got the chin strap right now with the neck beard. I'm waiting for the full face. Like, I'm missing. Once once this face connects to the mustache, my beard going to oh, be yeah. A1. But I can rock the neck the neck uh, chin strap for right now. If you, if you look at my driver's license, I'm rocking a goatee. Oh, yeah, you you definitely are with your uh, bandito. Shuby the bandito. And that's not and, that, and that's not racist, ladies and gentlemen, because he comes from Lat- Latino descent. No, nah, that's not. He just Does that like make him more racist? No. I don't think be. I don't know. You may be on stuff, too. <laughs> Young shoes with his bandito look. But nah, man, glad the squad is back together. Yo, B, before we even get into anything, I had to talk to you because I saw this shoot me, this dude was posting on on uh Snapchat and Twitter every day during festivals. I know his liver hurt. He was oh, drunk as oh, a dog. Oh my god, man. I was look, I was dead. By by uh on Monday, I was dead. I was at work. I was like, look, you're gonna have to bear with the young boy because these <laughs> shows is about to look like trash. Because I was drunk today. I was drunk Saturday and I was drunk Sunday. Yeah, I said the day, the whole day. I'm not talking about just the nighttime. I'm talking about the whole day. Yeah, like you, you could see almost two hundred dollars this weekend. Okay? Ooh, see, and what, the, what was what was that tweet or post you had where you were like, "Oh, those kinds of people who are like, oh, I'm hungover, but I'm gonna get drunk tonight." Me, oh I'm yeah, people. yeah, yeah. <laughs> him, that's him, bro. And Every then time. also, it was like my liver. Am I a joke to you? <laughs> Am I a <laughs> bro? I'm so washed. Look, 
So I went to festival. I got drunk with my girl. We did the whole festival thing, but that was Saturday, right? So right. I only went to festival one day. Got got drunk as a skunk. End up going home. Me and my me and my old lady was was tore. We had to catch a lift in the lift. Oh, bro, that was hilarious. But I look. This how I know I'm washed. So I went to festival Friday by myself. But look what I did, B. Didn't go meet none of my friends. Didn't do no partaking, no illicit activities. Look what I did. I went go get food. Ate my food there, walked back to my car, left, went home, watched the game. That's how you know a nigga wash when he eating food, watching stuff, watching that festival, just being a clown. Look, I ain't gonna lie, I spent most of my money on food that I spent this weekend. I spent it on food and gas for the most part. But you gotta at least link your friends. I'm not saying you gotta go out and get drunk, but you could at least link your friends. No, so wash, bro. That was just a, I didn't link until Saturday. Now, me and my girl, we linked with all the homies. She finally met all the homies. All the homies was happy that they finally met. And it was just like, all right, that, that was the link day. But see, Friday, right. went straight to Bone Creole, got me a crawfish pull boy, and then after, went to the Blue Basil spot and got me the little uh-huh. short ribs. That's uh-huh. how I yeah, yeah. I was hungry. What you, what you was eating I over there? like... I was at Blue Basil every day. All right. We're going to start with that. Blue Basil every day. I think I had 10 of the points. And, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm basic. I had me some damn balls. I couldn't help myself. I seen this shit. I was drunk already. <laughs> so I got some. Well, I mean, shoot, uh, for, the, for the listeners that, know, don't, that don't know, we got to congratulate you once again. Brooklyn got a new job being in news. So I understand you have to get the blue damn balls before you peace out of Louisiana. But that does not affect the fact <laughs> bro. That does not affect the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, because we will still be doing it. And once it goes to video, which you guys will be like, oh, how's it going to video? Because we all got we got a, we got a system on how we're going to get Schubert in New Orleans, Brooklyn and Oklahoma and Lynn and Lafayette. And we're going to keep this party rolling because I want to thank each and every one of y'all that listen every week. You guys are amazing, man, to, to, to see where we've come from in the first year where we would barely get five, ten listens to now a fan base of people listening to not only just this show, but every show. Look, I want to shout you guys out because without y'all, we wouldn't be shit. So thank you. Shout out to the fans. Like, nah, for real. Like, shout out the fans. Y'all get a round of applause. I'm putting in the effect. Shout out to you guys because y'all kill it. And just thank y'all for holding us down. Also, it was funny. Some people was talking about our photo shoot. I see y'all haters out there. They was like, why uh, you got a cigarette in his hand? It's not lit. They was talking about me. I was like, oh, look at y'all. But, they, but then they want to hit us with, but that pick fire, though. I was like, we oh. Can, we can't light no cigarettes now. roasting me, man. I was waiting for somebody to roast me. Nobody roasted me. I was waiting for that shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Mel commented on my shit on top of that. I, I, I saw. I got a phone from Mel's and all that. I was like, why males didn't post us? They should have showed showed some love, shoot. Young males. But nah, thank you to Stu again for the photo shoot. Shout out to Lane. That shit. Because Lane just did a new logo for primetime. Looks super dope. A lot of stuff is moving and and shaking. Before we get into the pod, I just want to say remember to subscribe on YouTube. First 50 subscribers will be part of a merch giveaway. The merch is almost complete. And it's not just... The, the typical bros who think logos on a shirt. No, we have a whole line coming for you guys. And it's going to be super dope. Me and our designer, shout out to Michael. Uh, Michael, Me and him sat down for about two, three months and have been just designing. Design. I've been in my fashion bag, and that's not even... I, 
Hey, hold up, young lady. Yeah, man. It's about to, it's, bros, you think we, 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 we getting right, baby. We getting right. Because it was like, I didn't want to just do, of course, we're going to have the, the typical, if you want a bros who binge logo on a shirt, or if you want the main, if you want the BWT logo on a shirt, primetime logo, we're going to have those. But we wanted to do something a little more. So remember, first 50 subscribers on YouTube, you will be part of that giveaway. But let's get into the show, man. We got a lot to get into. We have questions from you guys, as always. But we have a lot of news this week. Since Brooklyn is back, it, it was the perfect time. So let's get into it. First off, got to start by saying R.I.P to the legend, John Singleton. I just want to say RIP, and let's get a quick moment of silence before we discuss some things about him. Again, rest in peace to John Singleton, super, super legend. B, I figured this would be the, the good time for just us to talk. How, what's your favorite John Singleton movie? Uh, shit, man. Because you, know you know he got some classic hood movies. He, he got some classic hood movies. Well, I, I think I might have to go with Porter just to fuck with that. See, well, oh, you going with the Janet Tupac? I, I feel yeah. you on that. See, I couldn't go with Boys in the Hood because to me, as legendary as that movie is and iconic, it's an after-school special. I'm not going with Baby Boy and Tyrese. Oh, Poetic God. Justice was a close one for me. But you know what I went with? Four Brothers. People don't get oh, Four yeah, Brothers. Yeah, that's a good one. That one. With Mark Wahlberg. A great movie. Andre 3000, Tyrese, and... uh. I forget old boy name, but he, Garrett Hunlin, that's a great movie. Shout out to John Singleton for that. He did Shaft as well. Just legendary. And when you think of- Yeah, we did Too Fast, Too Furious, which is actually an underrated sequel. That's honestly- I would say, if John Singleton, Tyrese will be living in a box. I'm going to put that out there. Put it out there. Okay. Tyrese, bro. Only reason that that man stayed relevant. So I know somewhere- Crying, making that ugly ass Tyrese crying face. I know he. Oh wait, you didn't see his IG post? I didn't want to look. I didn't want to look, bro. I know know how Tyrese get down, bro. I don't know how he get down on the social media. He uh, I be tempted to smash his phone. If I ever see him, I smash his phone. He's just doing it for clout. (laughs) Like I, I understand. Like you said, John Singleton is the reason why this man got an acting career. But like, bro, he took a photo of just one side of his face, a close up on the face. With just a tear going down his eye, you can't even see it. Like, bro, I'm wild. telling you, he he does things that you just you look at it. One look, I'm done with you today. All right, Miss mm-hmm. Gibson, off my shit. Like, bye. Tyrese is, is for clout, but John Singleton, I think he is one of the most influential directors for uh, black filmmakers and just filmmakers in general, but. I think the Jordan Peels, the 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 Kuglers, those guys would not be here without John Singleton and without uh, Spike Lee. And oh, yeah, just want and, and just got to say R.I.P. again to the legend because we're gonna miss you. And it's just sad like, he got in a coma. And then when he after the stroke in the coma, I kind of knew like it, it wasn't gonna be too much longer. For yeah. when you get when you get a stroke and then go straight into a coma, that's you go unresponsive. That's when you know like. He's probably not going to wake up in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a tough situation for sure. And it's tough for the family. Like, I always, some of these convos, I want to break off into other topics. But yeah. this one, I want to ask, how do y'all feel about the, the life support thing with your family? Because I know that's tough. Like, you got a family member that's on life support. They have a chance. But for the most part, it's, 
they're living like through this, and if you take them off, they can die in peace. You don't know if they 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 make it. How do y'all feel about the whole life support thing? Uh, uh, look, I ain't gonna be. I ain't gonna lie to you. I want the doctor to be real with me. If the doctor's telling me that's the making out of it is slim to none, I'm, I gotta come to terms with it, and then I gotta you know. See, my family. But then I don't. The doctor showed me the stats for me, like chance. Yeah, less chance of me hitting a lot of, and if it's like that, we just gotta, you know, we gotta think about it. Let make sure we let everybody make it into town within like a, you know, a reasonable time to come in and see him, whatever. While he's still plugged up, but after that, you know, plug, plug. Yeah, you, that's how I feel. No, get let everybody, you know, we got family in other parts of the country. Let them all come in and you know, yeah. No, I'm with you on that. My thing is, it's like, if you know that they're, like, in pain or they have... It's like you said, I, you got to be real with the doctor at that point. And then once the doctor give you that real answer, you talk to your family about it. But if it's your decision, I don't want to see my loved ones in, in, in that suffering position to where they, they can't come back. I'm with you, B. You just got to... At that point, you, you, you mourn, you let the family know, you let them know, and then you pull the plug and y'all do the funeral thing. But... That's just how I feel. Should be any other? Do you feel any differently about it, or are you on the same no. boat as us? No, I'm with, I'm with that. I mean, if they're not coming back, they're not coming back. Yeah, you know? and there's and there's nothing you can do about it. So RIP again to the legend. Just wanted to talk about that real quick. Bring Should, it back I up mean, on Friday, man. Yeah, no, no, we definitely will. We'll talk about John Singleton when on Bros Who Binge. He had a we'll lot of good about, TV directorial stuff he did too. Yep, we'll go into some of our favorite TV. We'll discuss like where he stands in the pantheon. We'll, we'll discuss him more on Bros Who Binge. Uh, Brooklyn, we got music to talk about. I am excited. We haven't had new music to talk about in a while. And let's talk music for a while, Bruh, And and yo, low key, it's crazy because. We're almost in, we're, no, not almost, we're in May, and I don't know if we have a song of the summer. I don't, I do not, I don't, look, if it's out, it ain't making too much, because the, the closest I, one I, I could think, think we have of, one yet. the closest one I could think of is that Meg the Stallion joint, that everybody be jamming, it's gonna be, it's gonna be washed up by the time the Thursday is summer coming from me last time. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, where's the Rihanna album? What a Khaled album. I feel like everybody was so concerned about when who was dropping that. Like, everybody pushed their shit back. And it's like, we're not at the song of the summer, but we do have a new album. And 2019 has been so... 2018 was so great for music. In 2019, it, we expected it to be great. But the only good project before what I'm about to talk about, to me, was the Boogie Project. We even we even get the cold project yet. Nah, I'm about to say that shit. Is, we don't know when the fuck they pushing that. Up. Yeah, return the dream. I and think, we got. Oh no, go ahead. I was gonna say I think uh, the only the only song that could have potentially been a song in the summer was uh, "Act Up" by City Girls, but that's gonna be washed up too. Yeah, no, yeah, because they're gonna dra- they're gonna drag that out, and that shit gonna be dead by the time, like I said, the first day of summer. We still like. A whole fucking fifty days away from the first day of summer. Them songs are gonna be washed up, washed up. Yep, and and it's it's crazy because right as of now, it seems like the song of the summer for two three years in a row has been the ladies. So shout out to the yeah. ladies for for holding it down. But uh, <laughs> let's get into this album. Q just dropped a new one, and I'm excited because I really like trash talk. 
And I know some people have, because I've I, talked to a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people saying some negative things about it. And, and look, I get where they're coming from because it's not the typical TDE sound. But, yeah. but yo, he still had, the, the bars didn't change. Just because he went for a different sound, and I listened to his Breakfast Club interview, he was going for the, he was trying to, I'm not going to say connect to the younger audience, but he just was in a different pocket. And right. he, he kept the bar. Like, if, if people actually listen to it, there's no way they can tell me that, oh, this sounds like everything else. Because he's actually rapping his ass off. What you thought about the project? I thought that shit was dope, bro. I mean, like, for sure, the song with, uh, with, with, with Black on it. Oh, my gosh. With, that, uh, with the Black folk. Um, yep. That crash. Oh, uh, yep. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, I don't understand. Like, this, this shit was crazy to me because, like, I, uh, you know, the, the, the single that he had led up to it was I. You feel me? Yeah, the, like, the chopstick joint was the one that kind of, but the crazy yeah. thing is, even though it was mad, when you hear it on the album, it flowed. It makes sense, right? Yeah. When you listen to it in sequence, it makes sense. Like, that's what I'm saying. So, I, like, I think it's because, like, exactly what you said, it's not the traditional TDE sound, and he went for, uh, he, he, you know, he went at this album in a different way that a lot of people... Because I was seeing, like, people's reaction to it, like, 30 minutes after the shit dropped. I'm like, yeah, I was like, y'all didn't oh, say it, bro. Saying. You ain't really let that shit resonate. And the thing is, even... And I know people going to say, oh, it's mumble rap. Not at all. He talks about how, uh, like, for Dangerous with Kid Cudi, he talks about him taking pills and then having to overcome that shit. Like, that shit was deep. Some of my favorite songs, Dangerous with Kid Cudi, Crash. I like the water, the water, the oh, little yeah, baby. That shit go hard. And like you said, Drunk with Black, the Ty Dollar joint. I like 5200 and Black Folk. The only the only joint I really might not like is the is the 21 Savage one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I think Schoolboy for his third uh, major, I guess, album, because you, what, you got... Blank face, and then you got uh, I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to pull up all this. Uh, you got I, I, habits and contradictions. I believe is a mixtape. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's considered that. So I I, I would oxymoron. This, yeah, oxymoron. Yeah. Oxymoron would be his first one. Blank face would be the second one. It is the third one. And look, as much as I love oxymoron and blank face, this one felt in the same vein. Like I was just happy to have new schoolboy and to hear right. him rapping. In the the I guess the Drake cadence, the new era cadence, it shows that like yo dog, I just because you you dudes have this popular flow don't mean like I can't out rap y'all. Exactly. So I, I was hype on it. What would you give it out of five? Uh, right now, because I'm still listening to it, I'm definitely giving it like a four. That's what but, I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's the way that they was talking about that shit on Facebook and Twitter. I they. I, they, they were too fast, bro. They was way too fast. So I feel like some of them going to take that back after they really listen to it again. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Because the, the, the thing is, it's like it's like what you said. Like It's way too fast. And they could not, just because the beats sound a certain way and you and you make a predetermined like judgment, you weren't listening to what this dude was saying. Hell no. Because not only did he talk about uplifting the black community, talk about drug use and him battling his and getting over it, the stuff with Nip and then Mac. Like, you gotta think, school queuing through a lot of shit. A lot of shit he, recently. A lot of shit. And he, and he unpacks it all in this album, and I was super, super excited. So, shout out to Q. Dope project, and glad to have you back back dropping music. Something else I want to talk about, these were these two EPs that were dropped, and they were R&B. One of them's gonna be the end track. I want to shout out to uh, Rory, 
V-O-R-Y for his EP, his new EP, Say. And I want to shout out Ryan Trey for his little two songs he dropped, E-30 and Nowhere to Run featuring Bryson Tiller. Which one you want to talk about first, uh, B? Ryan Trey or Rory? We can go with the Rory one. Would you, would, you, would you think of the Say EP? I thought that shit was dope. I liked um, it. There's only six songs, but I fucked with almost all of them. That same. The only one I really didn't fuck with was the Smoke Perk one, but that's yeah. a club bang. Yeah, no, yeah, that's what I thought too when I heard it. When I heard this project, I was like, yo, we finally have... N- because, honestly, without Party Next Door dropping music, there's a void left in, like, R&B right now. Oh, oh yeah. And this guy, Rory, he really, like, hit that Party Next Door vibe with some Chris Brown tendencies. And, like, for example, with the, with the intro song, Say... You hear the party next door stuff start, and then when he hits them high notes, I'm like, yo, I couldn't believe this dude hit them them high notes. It sounded like Chris Brown, and it, it was a good fusion, and I really, really recommend this, this Say EP if you're an R&B fan. Yeah, I'm about to say, because like, like you said, there's, like, there's not a lot going on with that, because not, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not going to put it in that kind of context, but there's a lot of guys that come out in the R&B world, and they kind of sound the same. They're trying to hit that same kind of, like, Chris Brown, Kid Ink vibe where they have these songs that could be potentially good, but it sounds like they're selling out to put it on the charts. And and really, R&B is, right now, it's like you, you have two sounds. Like you said, the Kid Ink, Chris Brown, Trey Song sound, or you have the Canada Weekend, Party Next Door, Drake sound. Right. And, he, and I think Rory kind of fuses a bit. I think he leans more to that Party Next Door, Drake sound, but I think he takes the good stuff from the Chris Brown, not the overused things. And it is a good yeah. fusion of it. So what would you rate the I'm Say EP out of five? I'm giving that shit like a, a four, a four, like a four, five. Cause that shit was, that shit was dope. No, yeah, no. Shout out to, I'm giving it four, five as well. Four, four, six. This is something I've been listening to on the daily. Like every day when you see me out, I'm jamming this shit. So shout out to that. And the final one I want to talk about is the E30 joint with by uh, Ryan Trey. You got E30, and then you got the song with Bryson. Yo, Bryson smoked that. Oh yeah, he did. Oh yeah, that, that like, no Bryson, Bryson been in his Ooh. bag lately. You know, Bryson definitely been in his bag lately. I can see that he's trying to like. I, I know that the shit surrounding his you know his second project got to him. You know, like all the critics oh, and shit. So I know he gonna be in his bag coming up shortly. Like like. It's kind of like the shit with uh with J. Cole. He was tired of all of the naysayers. So he's like, all right, they got all a bunch of shit to say. So they, I got to get in my bag now. So I already know that this year and the next year's coming, Bryson going to be killing shit. Oh, he got to. And the thing is, the, the Set It Off project wasn't even that bad. That's what I'm saying, bro. Yeah, no, that Set It Off project was not bad at all. And, like, I'm just excited because when you hear Nowhere to Run with the beat, the beat's so emphatic, and then... Not only does Ryan Trey do well, and we'll get to him in a second, but Bryson was just like, oh, y'all thought I was done? Y'all thought it was over with? Y'all thought set it off was it? Uh-uh. Tra- not only is this Trap Soul Bryson, this new Bryson. Right. That didn't even sound like Trap Soul. No, no that's like his fire, bro. No, 100%. What'd you think of the, the, the Ryan Trey kid? Because he's like uh, Bryson's protege. I thought on Nowhere to Run, he set the tone well. But when you hear his own song, E30... Yo, like no, yeah, he he got some shit in the bag. He look, he 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 sounds like he ready to take that next step. Yeah, and it's like I I I don't want to say it's just straight up R and B because he raps pretty well as well. But like 
Nah, fam, that that was a good showing by him, and I was really excited. And I sent you those, and I was like, man, we got to at least show these dudes love because these are two EPs that I think the world needs to hear because this is some good music. Oh, yeah, no, that, that shit is definitely some good vibe music. Me and Young T was over here jamming to that shit earlier. Yeah, 100. But speaking on just... Well, I, I guess that's not speaking on this because this, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what you say because this topic is a very sad topic and it leads into a conversation that I feel that you're the best inclined to talk about it, B. So let's get into Tyreek Hill. Like, I, I don't know if you heard the voice, uh, the, the, the message, but him, oh, yeah. his girl coming out and being like, why'd you hit the... the his why'd you put, make our son open his arms, punch him in the chest, beat him with a belt and everything, and then was like, uh, oh no, that he he's not afraid of me, he respects me. And the and the girlfriend was like, no, he don't respect you, he's scared of you. And he was like, well, you need to be scared of me too, bitch. And I was like, oh my god, homie said all this on yeah, the tape. Man. And this is and this not his first instant because he beat the girl when she was pregnant with the kid before the draft. And look. I don't know what's about to come. Like, it's still being investigated, but that doesn't sound well. The child's arm is broken, and it's just, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to do with him because it's like you didn't learn your lesson. I, I feel like his time playing football is done. I'll tell you I what the like NFL is done. Not jack shit. Yeah, his time playing football should be done. Let's put it like should that. Be do- yeah, it you're right. should be done. Because honestly, bro, I really feel like if if he wasn't what he was on the field, oh, he's out. He's out Bye. Oh, yeah. Deuces. But, and on top of that, clearly this man has a, a psychological problem that he thinks, he thinks that he can do these things, football player or not, millionaire or not. You shouldn't be talking to nobody like that, bro. Nobody like that. And then on top of that, not only should he not be talking to nobody like that, I, look, I've, we all three, I've talked to each of y'all individually just about how we've grown up and we know. So I can say this on the pod without any of us looking a type, feeling type of way. So look, we have all been disciplined by our parents. We've been whipped. There's a difference between being whipped and being abused. Yeah. yeah. I can, my mom would have, if, if my dad would have punched me in my arm and broke my, my dad, my mama would have kicked his ass and vice versa. Like, like, bro, what the like, hell? That's excessive. There's a difference, man. And that's why I want to ask you, because not only is it not only are you a parent, but it's like I like how you feel about this whole thing as a parent, not just as a man. Uh as a parent, I don't think like I mean I may make some jokes with her, like if she come home with some bad grades, like you better pick your grades up or break my foot off in your ass. But like I don't think <laughs> me actually doing anything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like on some red form shit for sure. Like you know, like, there's going to be some jokes for sure like that. But, like, I don't see me actually looking her in her precious face and be like, open your arms. Like, what kind of crazy shit is that? Is that yeah, no, and I feel you because it's like, and then as a, as a father, I feel it's different for daughters and for sons. Like, I feel like if I have I mean, a daughter. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, like, making him tough. But there's yeah. a point of making him tough and you let it, like, like, the, like she said on the tape. He's scared of you because yeah. you're saying crazy shit and you beating him, senseless beating. Like, all right, he broke something. Kids break things. I know we, I can know we all can contest the saying that we broke things when we was young. Yeah, you might have broke somebody's picture frame. You might have broke a vase. 
You might and I remember how I felt something. like anytime you did something like I, it was it was like oh instant like dang I shouldn't have did that like it was just a mistake. Right. So I it's like man kids kids will be kids but to my point I like I don't see and like you said like how you said you I you can't see you doing that to you pressure so I if I had a daughter I couldn't see myself ever I couldn't be the disciplinarian for her that's got to be her mama job like, right that's that, that's her mama job but see for a son I'm not gonna lie I will more than likely whip my son but it's there's a, like I said there's a difference between abuse and whipping because like I was a bad kid. There was times where I wouldn't, my mom would try talking to me. Try, Lyndon, please, do this. Listen. And all this, right. nah, you had to pop a nigga across his, like, just give him a little slap to get the point. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes you had to, you know, but, like, uh, breaking an arm, I don't think there's anything a kid can do that yeah. deserves them getting their arm broken. No, for sure. And that's, like, he got to get some serious help, counseling. Because, like you said, not only should he not be talking to anybody like that, but what made him think breaking an arm of his child would be good, of his own child would be good? Like, this has that's a there has great to be life some, lesson. Some of, like, yeah, there ain't no fucking life lesson, big dog. Yeah, that's abuse stems from that somewhere in his in his family line. But like Schubert said, well, well, we, where I said, I, yeah, I, I well, think we talked about the morality of how we feel. The NFL was, we've seen through the time and time again with Adrian Peterson when he had his child, hitting his child. With we've seen with the domestic violence of Ruben Foster, who's got off scot free. Kareem Hunt is going to be in the league after four games. You know, Ty, you were mentioned Tyreek Hill's already had these incidents before. Greg Hardy, that motherfucker yes. got way too many chances. Jesus Christ! I think Tyreek Hill, and I know I said this, he he won't be playing, but that's how I feel about it. I agree with both of you. Is he he shouldn't be playing, but I think he will. He's too talented to yeah. wear. NFL team's gonna be like, oh, we don't want the fastest receiver on the field ever. Like, nah, we, we somebody gonna pick him up, and I think it's a damn shame. But like, he, so like he you may, said, Schubert, the NFL's morality. It may yeah. be something where he takes a couple of, you know, they they gotta suspend him. Like, oh, you know, if you pick him up, he's missing such and such amount of games. They are gonna be like, that's fine. They never yeah, go back. Exactly. That's fine. We can wait. I wonder which yeah. team pulls the plug and do, and does it. It looks like Cleveland's know. been pulling the trigger on all that, and yeah. and uh, Washington. I Washington and Cleveland seem to have no morals. Too. My thing is, I I can't see Cleveland doing it because they they already have they don't too need much it. Press. They don't yeah. need it, and, and there's been I can too see much Washington pressure doing with it. Washington with Dwayne Haskins getting a young quarterback, and I know we jump in the gun. We'll get to the NFL draft because I have to make fun of Schubert and the Giants. And, and, oh God! With, sure, with, go with, for it. With, with Daniel Jones, we are gonna get to all that a little later in Bros. Ball, but. I just, I, I, it's like y'all said, I, I, Tyreek Hill is on the field too good of an athlete to where the NFL who feels it's a business and treats it like a business won't accept him back. Like, like Brooklyn said, he'll be suspended probably for eight games, 12 games. He could be suspended for the full season, and I think a team will still pick him up because when he yep. comes back, it's going to be big-time explosion. But it's, it's a damn shame, and I hope the man gets help, and I hope his son is okay, truly. Yeah, I hope they get his son up out of there, because honestly... Um, Wait, child services wouldn't get him out, and then uh, they said something about how uh, the day they went get him out, it, it was trying to give him some bail that, like, he helped his wife see something on the camera. Like, bro, maybe if you just wasn't beating your child, you could be there and, like, stop that from happening. Exactly. You know? Like, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's a shame. 
But we'll get we'll talk more Tyreek Hill as more information comes out because they're still investigating. And look, if he didn't do this, I will apologize. But right now, the evidence. I don't him, know. Yeah, that's that what I'm uh, that that recording kind of sounds like uh, pretty bad. All evidence, all evidence I need. And look, and the woman basically said she was waiting for the NFL to just brush it over to drop the bomb. So that that shows you even more so. Like, damn, the NFL really don't give no no f's. Yeah, they really don't. That's a damn shame. But let's get to the next thing. This, now I think the show gets lighter because I put kind of all the heavy stuff in the beginning. Now it gets kind of lighter. How do we feel about uh, Gary Owens' comments? Twitter was going crazy. They, they said, like, it, it, was, it was questionable. He shouldn't have made these comments. I'm going to read what he tweeted. He tweeted, if Portland's coach could say the N-word, that was the perfect time. This N-word just hit that shit. Wow. He said it in response to Dan Lillard's game-winning uh, shot. Brooklyn, as a, as a comedian, and, and how we always have this conversation about comedy, do you feel Gary Owen overstepped his bounds? Distasteful. He should have left that one alone. He could have had that as a drunk you know, joke that he made around his friends that night, and they would have mm-hmm. loved it. They would have ate that shit yeah. up. Or on Twitter, could, he know how Twitter get down with, with the Twitter police. He know how to get down. He could have said that at, like, even, like, I agree with you. That's something that you say in front of your friends or you have in a group chat, and that's it. But in terms of, he could have even said that maybe and got away with it at, like, a live show. But, it's, right. like, on Twitter, it doesn't look good at Hell all. Hell no. And it's like, and and I know he's going to say, well, I'm married to a black, I have a black kid. But that, just because you have a black wife and black children, I don't know if that excuses that. No, I don't think it does either. Like I don't, I don't think it ever will. And he, they know how Twitter get down. They're gonna be that's what I'm saying. pulling that up for for fucking years to come. Yep, and like, uh, it's not, it, it's not even like it, like you said, it's not even that 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 that's such a bad comment. It's just so distasteful. Like it didn't need to be said. Right. So uh, that's that's all I really got on Gary. Not too much more. He didn't, didn't say the word though, right? No, no, no. no it no. He he implied it. That's why. That's why I'm not. That's why I'm not like. Oh, he needs to be careful. I'm just saying it's distasteful. Yeah, and he knows how Twitter gets down. That's what I'm saying. Like he knows how Twitter does. Like, they'll take that shit and run with it for years and just. And Gary, every not time the he has comedians. a cancel, every time he yes, I'm saying every time he has a show, they're gonna be protesting. Like he's putting shit on himself as a comedian that he don't need. Exactly, and, and the crazy thing is, and the reason why I think it's even more distasteful, Schubert, because you're right. He didn't say the word, but the thing is. His fan base is majority black, right? Like, he, like so they he, identify. I, I, I mean, I, I guess, but then it's like, bro, you can't be saying that though. Like, 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 for example, you're not about to tweet that, even though, like, me and bro, but I don't. Homie. But I, you know, I don't. That's not my my demographic. That's, that's not that's my not, people. But just because, just because that. But even if, like, for example, even if that is your people, as someone who is. If you love the black culture, you know how, how how much they love you. Out of respect for them being a Caucasian male, that's something you just can't do. Yeah, like, just, I, my, my, my personal opinion on all that is I feel like, the, you know, the use of any sort of anything with that is it need, the rules need to be defined. They need to be defined. Yeah, no, I'm going to... He has a point. You, you got a... It's just... You got a bad point. Just let it be. Just, just continue the rule that it has always been. Just, I, I like, like I, I have my personal feelings on it. But if you in public, and 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 I'm not saying that in private makes it any better. But if if you out and you around black people, you don't know how they gonna feel about it. So like, if you and me and you say it, 
I might react different than someone else in public. And you got to deal with how they react with it. I mean, right. And don't, if, don't if, let if, me if be it, drunk because I'm returning to that angry black man. I don't know. <laughs> if, 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 this, if this was someone that you guys felt a little bit more respect towards, I feel like you wouldn't mind. I don't see. No, I, I, I disagree. I think, and, and I like Gary Owen as a comedian. I think, it, like, for example, I'm, let me give you my, if Adam Driver did some shit like that, I'd be like, damn, Adam, that's just this case. It's not, but, like, he, has, but he, has, he has no relation to any of that. Use Eminem as an example. It would be even worse if Eminem did it. It'd be even worse because Eminem is a rapper and he knows, like, that's my thing. Gary Owen knows the culture, has an African-American wife and black children. That's just something as... Yeah, and the reason I'm saying that the rules need to be defined is because I feel like half... Half or a quarter of people would not be would not have any problem with that statement or have any problem with Eminem saying anything, and another half would would have an issue with it. And I think the half it all depends it all depends see, on con- context. I think I think the half that would is just black people, and it's like if if if, if majority of black people aren't cool with it, just let that be because like it that word holds so much in and and because you got to think saying, about his circle you got to think about his circle his circle probably don't have no problem with him doing any of that his wife probably has no problem with him doing any of that probably not right. but then right. but then no, but like brooklyn said but like brooklyn said don't go it, tweet that shit yeah that it, that's my only problem with it is like i feel like i'm looking at it from like a business standpoint you know what i'm saying too like i don't want him to be like he put himself in a position where it could be people Outside his fucking concerts now, I mean his shows now, protesting. It could be people pulling that shit up, canceling, pulling date from him because they got his fucking tweet, his his tweet on a fucking uh, poster outside his show. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like for him as a businessman, that was dumb. That's what I was saying. That for yeah, me, it's like it don't bother me because the way he said it was corny, anyways. But yeah, it, like he didn't even say yeah. it. It's like it doesn't bother me either. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm is, saying. Like it was just is, is, come it's on, just, bro. It's just like. Bro, you know who the majority of your fans are. You know how it is. Like, there's no need to do that right there. That, that it just was. Not, it was just unnecessary to put on Twitter because that was like last week when we uh when we talked about the Kodak shit or two weeks ago when we talked about the Kodak shit. Like the shit Kodak said about Lauren London. That's not something you tweet. That's something you tell your homeboys, and then your homeboys are gonna come back to you and be like, "Bro, you wild." Right? Yeah. Like, boy, you, you take wild. that shit down. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Don't you, stop. You, you wild. But that, that's all I really have on, on Gary Owen. Let's get to now the real jokes can begin. Bruh. So we got two Coachella topics. One that I went on a rant last week that we'll save for after this. But this is one that I had to wait to talk about this week. Coachella had not only an outbreak, but a massive outbreak of not 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 polio, not shingles, not uh, smallpox, not chickenpox, not ringworm. <laughs> It had an outbreak of herpes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, herpes. There was. Well, that hundred... that makes more sense than the other stuff you just said. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm saying unless you was gonna say measles, because measles is shit that's being crazy right now. If you said measles, I'd have been like, damn, motherfucker, they shots. But see, that's why you're laughing because that was a good joke. But they had 1,105 cases of herpes reported in the Coachella Valley area due to the app that I didn't know existed called Herp Alert. I'm so <laughs> mad at myself for not... Like, yo, bro, y'all should have heard me in high school when somebody came in with a fucking fever blister. I'd be in there like, the big herp, the incredible herp, herp don't hurt. But, you know, God made the earth. Like, I used to go in. I'm so mad that I didn't come up with herp alert. <laughs> in the, 
much money. Wait, you, want, you want to know how much they're making just to in, to to uh to to sign up for Herp Alert? Five You you gotta pay a no, nigga. You gotta play a fat flat fee of seventy nine dollars. Wow, bro, I could have been in. Wow, I got technology is Bezos shit, man. Does it, does it like do a radar of who has herpes in your area? I, I guess, and then it get, and then you can request medicine because they had two hundred and fifty requests at minimum for uh, herpes medication per day at the music festival. Per day, God damn! Look, look. All I'm saying is this, right? Even if she fired, dog, like I want y'all to take this with for the rest of y'all live. And I'm not just talking to you two. I'm talking about all all of the fans out there. All right, whatever you do, no. No matter how fire she is, bro, if you ain't got a condom, that's dead. That's bro, so dead, bro. And my thing is, bro, like, if if I'm single in this, like, like, even if I have a condom, she, Brooklyn, I'm too scared. Like, and that's right. no, I don't know where she came from. I don't know what walk of life she's from. That's no discrimination because I know people with herpes that can live their lives normal and have a, have a normal life. That's not us uh, STD shaming. That's just me talking about, I'm scared that that shit will still get on my dick through the condom. But, like, it can get on your leg, like I'm right. Not. But my thing is, my thing isn't just the herpes. Like my thing is this: it could have been something more serious, big dog. You playing yeah. with your life? You playing pussy roulette? Wow. But the funny thing is, it could have happened multiple ways because when you was at the child, when people was uh, showing the Childish Gambino uh, concert, he was just passing around blunts to everybody, and everybody was hitting oh, that. Oh yeah, thing. man. They be mm. sitting there like, you be like, mano, mano, mano. Let me pass <laughs> that shit down real quick. Hold up, hey, like I'm not. Like that, I got this bad <laughs> habit, right? When I go out with my friends and they get a bottle, they be like, "Oh, why you, why you air, why you air drinking it?" You know what I'm saying? Like, why you not putting your lip on it? I'm like, "Cause I don't know who kissed that girl that you just hooked up with." You know, I you, agree. You may not have had it, but you, you may have just got it because you just kissed this girl who been going from bar to bar, hooking up with hella dudes, clowning like, and and, and that's the thing, like. I know when you was younger, your mom, your, your parents told you don't drink after other people. That's I, why. I know they told him that. <laughs> it's just crazy. A thousand one hundred and five accounts of herpes. I wonder how much. I wonder what the percent of the concert left with herpes that didn't shout have. Shout out herpes. to shout out to the herp alert creator, man. Fuck <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See how you get to this bag. <laughs> y'all believe- nasty. Y'all need to get y'all shit together out there in Coachella, man. <laughs> but no, one talk all of them rich people out there. Want to talk about big nasty? Huh? We stand in Coachella. So last week, I I went on a rant, uh, Brooklyn, because I I feel I felt I couldn't talk with this about Schubert. I couldn't talk to Schubert about this, not only because he didn't see it, but because this is a a black community thing. And and yes, there's there's other examples of this happening in real life. But this shit has got to stop. So everybody last week who was like, oh, Lynn, no, he's just selling merch. Like, he's he's doing this for the right reasons. He's healing this and that. And, <laughs> oh, oh shit. And, and Kanye West can, oh, is, is, is not doing this wrong. No, 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 no. And it was like, oh, you was wilding because you said it was like wild, wild country. He's not starting a cult. This, this, this. That nigga came out this week and said he's starting a motherfucking church. Uh, B. What, what what is what is up? So you saw did you did you see the Sunday service? How it started off as a music that was playing so now he had Coachella singing gospel having DMX free niggas starting a church. Kanye has always wanted to be the guy. Well, actually, he he's the guy that gave the other rappers the idea that yo I need to have a following 
following. That's like a cult following. You feel me? Like, I don't want regular fans. I want a cult following. They got that idea from crazy ass Mr. West. That's Yo. who they got that idea from. So him actually putting it to fruition, I am not surprised. When I saw it, I said, here we go again. Oh, shit. Here we go again. I'm so, like, fucking Kanye cannot help himself. This this is just, it's, it's a damn shame because it went from I'm marketing to the right using Trump, then niggas backed off of him, and it was like, oh, no, nigga, we canceling you. And he really got canceled. If you look at Ye's album sales and how he did last year, it was not good. A D, uh, Yeezys were being sold in the mall. I could not find Yeezys in the mall before last year. Bro, I'm about gentlemen. to say, I know people who was just like, oh, shit, y'all still got these? All right, I, 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 let me cop that. Exactly. Like, you could not find Yeezys easily before last year. His stock went down. And then he goes away. And, and this is what upsets me because people are like, oh, he can't heal? If, 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 if it was different than this, I would say, yes, he can heal. Yet, keep doing what you're doing, Kanye. But the fact that it, it, it's this and now a church, it's like, bro, you're, you're, you're marketing and you're, and you're trying to target black people's at their weakest emotion because he knows more than anything the one thing that black people will always forgive and accept you for is religion. That we have oh a soft spot to we have a soft spot to religion. We do. And you know the man, he's all in he's in the exploiting business. That's what he is. Yeah, he's exploiting and it's a damn he it, what's the difference between this T D Jakes and Joel Osteen? Not a damn I thing. I can't see one. I can't see one. Damn thing. And and we talked about the name about, brands? We talked about big name <laughs> preachers before. I can't, I can't stand that shit. You can't play with God like that. And that's why I said two weeks ago when I was like, oh, when I, when I was being younger and dumb and I told my mama if I was ever poor, I would, I would just go start being a preacher. But that's because it's a damn, because niggas it's are exploiting. It's a lucrative business, man. It's a damn shame. And I, I just, I can't, I can't support Kanye. I don't know if I can anymore. I really don't because I don't think the man that made Jesus Walks in that first album is doing this shit. I don't. Man, I haven't cared about Kanye since Mercy. <laughs> That's what you were saying. Damn. Lamborghini 20, Mercy. 2012. <laughs> 2012. Yeah, well, when, when did that Jay-Z album come out? Uh, uh, 2011. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Watch the Throne? Yeah, 2011. That's the you last know, one The only reason why I know these things off the back of my head is because somebody posted on Twitter and said, what was, the, what was the hottest, what was the summer song when you graduated high school? And I really had to go back and find out that it was Mercy. I'm like, I'm getting Oh, yeah. God. Damn. And Mercy oh, or Ham. That was a banger. Yeah. Well, Ham, was was the, to... Ham was the, the one before I graduated. That was the summer before I graduated. Oh, yeah. That's I why I know that 2011 was the was the the uh the year that Watch the Throne came out. Yeah. So I remember, 2012. Uh, that's it. I'm jumping done with into my freshman year of college, me and Lyndon jumping into Millsaps and playing beer pong to Mercy. That was the that was the jam. Was the, and, but my thing is, am I being too tough on Kanye? No. Hell no. Like, like it, it, like I just feel like the public's being manipulated. Like they don't, it's it's crazy. That's some matrix shit. That's some. Well, he wants us to believe that. I'm just confused. Why do we should care about Trump, this dude? And now he's going to church to cleanse himself. Is that what he's gonna tell us? That's my no, Schubert. And, and I agree with you, Brooklyn. Let me tell you why I care, Schubert. Because I care because there's people out there that don't see this and that will buy and will will support blindly. And I just feel like. Our job is a podcast. Yes, we talk shit. And yes, we talk about other things. But at some point, it, it should be to educate and enlighten. And it's like, I don't want other people. Like, you can make the choice after I put out the facts. But I'm not a person that you're not going to you're not gonna uh, tell me it's raining, but actually be pissing on my head. I'm not doing yeah. 
You're not doing that shit. You're not gonna pee on me and tell me it's rain. And that's what that nigga trying to do. You can't. You can't. Jeez, pee, God. Shit. Like he went you from Kanye be... to R. Kelly. God. This is the truth. You can't yeah. go from being Trump six months ago and to saying slavery Kelly. to say slavery is a choice or whatever the fuck he said. That's to what now, he said. To now you're promoting to black people through the church through one of the things that they feel the that most high. They hold about. dear. Yeah, like you, you're just playing with people's emotions, and not only that, you you figure, oh, I can I can double it because not only do I I keep my Trump fans that I had before because they love church just as much as the niggas, so I'm making a killing mm-hmm. off both you dumb fucks, and it's like y'all not about to piss on me, uh uh-uh, uh, no sir. And yeah, my... I'm gonna I'm point I'm gonna point it out to the media, but I'm gonna point it out to to the fans, <laughs> and it's up to them to decide. No, I completely agree with you. I understand why you're bringing it up. My thing is like I don't understand why fans out there still care. Like, is it because he's married to Kim K? Like, there's like, that. Wh- wh- like, what is what is it about this guy that people care about? Because, like I said, I haven't cared about Kanye since Mercy. Well, is yeah, that I think and- I think it's something about like what Lynn said about like holding on to what he was. Yeah, you know, before 2013 or before 2014, whenever he decided he was gonna be crazy. You know, a lot of people are still trying to hold on to that. That uh. That whole first 2000s decade of Kanye thinking that he could be that guy who said George Bush doesn't care about black people. He's trying to, they trying to hold on to that guy and see if maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel and maybe this, this is mental illness. But I don't think you, it you, is. You, could even, you can even argue that that statement he made was pandering. It you probably could. was. And if you look back at everything he's done in his career, it's hard it's not been to for say how some of it. It's hard to say some of it's not pandering. And it's crazy because it's like, I don't think Kanye had a miss until, like, you go from college dropout, late registration, graduation, 808s and Niggas loved 808s and heartbreaks. Without 808s and heartbreaks, you don't have a Drake, you don't have a... Like, there's so many people that you don't have due to 808s and heartbreak, and the fact that it was post his mom, that was big. And then you get one of the, arguably, the best hip-hop albums of all time with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... That's why people care because that dude was so good. Bro, he, he was spoke. bodying that shit. He did the like, Good Fridays bro. thing with the bro, singles oh, all the time. Bro, them oh. Good Friday shit were legendary. I still, like this, the guy the bootleg. I mean, what? What's I, I forget? My favorite <laughs> one was the uh, Christian. The Christian. Christian uh, oh my god. The the Dior. Oh, yeah. that shit was crazy, fam. Like, I mean, you can you can argue that the way that the Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul changed the game of sampling back in the day in that hip hop, like Kanye was that sort of new generation of changing definitely. the game of sampling. Yeah, that's definitely. a fact. That's a he, fucking he fact. Took, he took he uh, took with De La Soul, with MF Doom, with all those, and and shot and Jay Dilla. He took with Jay Dilla, the architect, and he he evolutionized he, producing yeah. hip hop. He, you could argue that Kanye West is the greatest hip hop producer of all time, and I wouldn't blink an eye. Wouldn't Me blink neither. an eye. And, and it's a damn shame to see him go from that to now he's not only chasing sounds, getting with Lil Pump, doing all these crazy six nine features. Like he's chasing popularity because he hasn't had a hit. And you could go back to attribute that to with what Drake said how. He's been scared of Drake and everything that he's done ever since Drake came out. He's been felt threatening. He's never felt comfortable in himself since because he hasn't been the guy that pushes the culture forward. He's been following the culture. And Kanye West is a guy that pushes the culture forward, not follows it. And the funny thing is, if you listen to Kim K talk about him and like some of the little you know, things that little tips that they have, I'm like, man, this dude is just a, a little baby. 
He is. Like, yeah, yeah. The way she talks about him, he sounds like he's a fucking child. Yeah. He, he sounds insane. Like, and then when she make them faces, it's like, oh, Kanye on the drugs again. Like, she got the Kanye <laughs> on the drugs again. Kanye got into the blow again. Like, uh, he, he drinking lean again. And you can see it on her face. And it's just like, when she came out and said, oh, yeah, this is going to be a good thing, this church. You can tell she didn't believe that shit. Hell no. Nah. Like, it's all damage control from that end. And if I'm, uh, it's, I'm, I'm all off it. I'm off it. Because I, I, I'm just fed up. I'm, I'm fed up. And I'm not talking about Kanye West no more. I'm not. Like, Kanye West is now Jesse Smollett level of, I'm not talking about this on the pod no more. Fair. And, Chicago, but, but yo, Chicago in general. We just going okay, to put them all on a boat. You right? Yo, all of these niggas from Chicago. What's wrong with you, Chicago niggas? You got they Jesse Smollett. The water. They, they had a boil advisory and somebody missed this shit. Okay? Yo, you got, you got Jesse Smollett, who everybody on the internet today was like, oh, why they, why they kick him off of Empire? Nigga, you knew that shit was coming. That? And then you got R. Kelly crazy ass, and you got Kanye crazy. Ch- Chance can't save them all. <laughs> Chance can't save all these Where Chicago he even niggas. been? That's the quote of the fucking day, right? That's the Hiding from Kanye. Year. That's the quote of the year. Chance can't save them all. Because, like, dead ass, his city is fucked up. It's, it's, a, I, it's a damn shame. You see, oh, it's just, it's, it's a damn shame. But speaking on things that are a damn shame, <laughs> the man who had the biggest come up of 2018, Tiger Drake. Big, tell me why Big Soldier grew up in jail. Big probation, go- right? For 240 days. We won't see Big Soldier go out till 2020. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at though, but that's not funny. But violating his probation, still trying to be Big Draco. That's what you get, Big Draco. Now he in jail. Wait, who's in jail? Soldier Boy. Oh. Big Draco. You see, so Soldier Boy, I'll put some respect on his name. Right. He gotcha. had the biggest come up. He had come the biggest on, comeback of 2018. And now he but he about to have the biggest fall off of 2019. That's it. He done. That's it. He's done for the for the rest of the year. Yeah, he, but the he was court. done. He, he was done either way. 2019. Bruh, the funny thing is he's going to come back in 2020 and be like, I got out of jail. None of y'all, I had the biggest comeback in 2019. He's going to come back with it again. Every 1st of January, Soldier Boy comes with the, with the hot stuff to carry us until some stuff really matters. And he get a little bit of pub and niggas buy his shit for a little bit. And those oh, fucked oh. up is that a radio is gonna be, they're gonna be begging to get him. The, oh in yeah, that first week of January. Hell All yeah. I know is when Hip Hop Evolution come does the more recent rap, they better give Soldier Boy a little credit. Oh, they oh yeah, to. they got to. They got to. He the first internet sensation. He Dream made you. He said, "I made YouTube what it was. YouTube wouldn't really, mean nothing without me." He really I, did though. I've made the statement before that I don't think you get. You know, a lot of the dance moves you get. Like I don't think you get an In My Feelings challenge without the Soldier Boy. Well, look, I'm gonna put it like this. I could have went without that. I could I could go with all mm. those stupid ass dances. I could go with all of it. I, I, I agree, but I mean, I'm saying they wouldn't be around. Off with Chicago. Yo, I'm 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 big off that woe shit right now. I I'll be hitting the woe in my house. I'm, I'm gonna have to do a little video of the woe. I'll be I We're gonna Kung have Fu to woe. put you in on the damn box. <laughs> uh, your boy Adam Lefko, I was watching something with him the other day, and he was doing this dance. That apparently, they made an Arya Stark dance based off last week's episode. Oh my gosh, of Game of Thrones. Yeah. We're gonna uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, we're gonna talk more about that come uh come Friday because I, I got thoughts. But, Wild. Uh, oh, you watch it, B? Of course. You go, you go, oh shit, well, let's do a little bit what you thought. I watched Game of Thrones, baby. What's up? I didn't know you watched Game of Thrones. My bad. Yo, what you thought? I, I 
I don't know if y'all seen what I seen because I seen some I see some shit from a uh, from an artistic standpoint that I didn't like. Okay. Okay. As what far as like the lighting, no, oh, I'm not gosh. talking about the darkness <laughs> of it. The, I don't know if y'all noticed, but the color was off for mad scene because they didn't want to use lighting. Yo, like Ooh, the snowstorm messed everything up, and the, yeah. that was the point. When they did that, I was like, okay, that was cool. But no, 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 I'm talking about the lighting before the snowstorm. When when they were sitting out there, and the and the the witch bitch rolled back in. Oh, there I was know what you're talking about. Clips of shit that was going green and coming back to blue, and then going red. And I'm like, I know y'all was trying to make it dark, but before I think when the snowstorm shit happened, it it fixed whatever. The shit was. See, my thing is, I had to watch. See, and Schubert want to come hit me with, oh, y'all all just got bad TVs. Now, no, I'm no, saying. I, I, I can see everything. That's why I can tell what the color the color corrections I, was. I, I, got a, I, know. I, got a, I got a better TV than you, Schubert. I got a Samsung. My shit fire. I have to watch this shit online to, to see it clearly. But, no, my, 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 and I agree with you, B, about that stuff. My, my thing with this episode, I, my problems came from. And we're not gonna get too. We, 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 we're not gonna get too deep. It was. Look, let me say what I say. My problems came from is this: How are we gonna make the Night King the biggest, baddest thing? And when you see, if you go back and watch the old episodes, how much the generals meant. The generals were, didn't mean anything, and it was just the night. Yeah, I felt that like was the Night King me. was diminished. I get that. That's my biggest problem. Like that I whole like, buildup. For him to get they stabbed once it. and be gone. Yeah, they rushed it. It just felt like they didn't know how to end it. And I feel like that's due to the Night King stuff was George R. R. Martin. And I felt like he didn't give them, like he told them where he was going to end it, but he didn't tell them how he was going to end that Night King stuff. And I felt like they thought the battle for the throne was more important. But you can't set up this whole big mystery and everything to have the Night King just end with a little stab. And don't, and mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah, that was whack. On that last I'm, not one of the people, I'm not one of the people that's like, oh, I'm upset that it's Arya. No, I, 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 I don't care if it's Arya or Jon Snow. But my thing is, you can't have all these generals, all these things, and, and make it look like, oh, you got to kill all four of these cliques, and then that's how you, that's how you destroy the Night King, and have them as winter's coming, winter's coming, winter's coming, and now that winter's here, it feels lackluster. Yeah, they have. All the generals backed up in the fucking castle. Yeah. They were still fighting all the zombies and shit. Like they were all just lined up in the back. None of them meant nothing. None no, of, not a damn thing. None of them meant nothing. They were just all yeah. sitting there. So I definitely I, felt that 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 was a waste of them all coming together and them going begging them to come to Winterfell just so that they could be background actors. Yeah. So. I, can, I can agree with that. Like I think what the problem that came with that is that you had so much so much to do in 90 minutes. That yep. you, you really couldn't give him that much, and I think that they probably should have given him that, give him more, and killed more people. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's another. Oh the, yeah, like the fact that we only lost what four people. That's too, even, that's not enough. Like you, what should have happened is they should have had like yeah, Arya could finish the Night King, but while he was she was fighting him, they should have had one of the generals fight Brienne, and she yeah, maybe loses like something. Like you should have had each general fighting one of the main people, and then have them loot like. Brienne should have died. I thought Podrick should have died. I thought Tormund should have died. You should have had it. It was like three or four times I thought Brienne was going to die. Exactly. And that's my yeah, I thought me Sam with that was going to die. 
Like Sam should like there was multiple people that should have died because their stories were closed. Brienne's yeah. story was finished. Her arc was done. That she yeah, like died. literally, it, it her arc finished in that. I mean, you, you guys are making a lot of assumptions on whose arc is finished and what. I mean, there's still oh, three so episodes. Left. I'm talking. I'm talking about in terms of character motivation. Her whole right. thing was she's not becoming. She she hasn't become a knight. Nobody respects her. She's trying to become this be respected as a fighter. She's now respected to where the Kingslayer wants to join her battalion. She she's commanding these armies, and now she's a knight. That screamed, "I'm die. I'm dead." Next episode. I, yeah, literally, that's exactly what I was thinking to myself. Was like, okay, okay, she got what she wanted. You know, they had the the heartfelt moment before the battle started and shit. Brienne's not making it back. That's exactly what I thought. Same. Yeah, I, I, I think like. I think the way that her arc's gonna end is that she's gonna end up being Sansa's like hand, you know, hand almost in a sense. Yeah. Like whether it be in Winterfell or on the Iron Throne, because I still think Sansa has a pretty good shot Ooh, at getting it all. Because well, I because I think this whole thing with Danny's gonna mess everything up, man. I think that she's gonna she's gonna well get now, huh? Well, especially especially now, now that her boy's gone. Yeah. yeah. And, and then now that John, like the whole thing, uh, she she said it in the preview. It's like. Oh, we took care of the greatest war of war. All you people are making a big deal about it, but now it's time for me to go get the throne. Yup. And I, I just feel like that's gonna be a big deal because she already know about John. And and, and it's, I, I don't know how that's gonna go. B, what, any predictions you got for Game of Thrones coming up? What you want to see happen? Ah man, I, I I need more people to die while they yeah. going back when they going back to fight for the Iron Throne. If if. If everybody survives, I'm gonna be a little pissed. I ain't gonna lie. Same. I'm gonna be a little pissed. I'm gonna be a little salty as well. And if they plan, if if this, if the other side that didn't come to Winterfell is planning some shit, that shit gotta go down the next episode. The oh, other thing yeah. that I'm really curious about, um, as in regards to the next episode, is what happened when Bran warged into the crows. Mm. Ooh. Cause see, I, they had a moment to make Bran the Night King in that yeah. episode. Just, they had a lot of stuff. That I feel like they missed, they missed in that last episode. Yeah, I mean that was crazy. I thought that that was definitely where they were gonna go with that. And when Arya came out of nowhere, I'm like, what? But my favorite thing. I thought, in the she, last was, I thought episode, she was about to go. My favorite thing was the Dothraki's dying. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that was cool. Like when you the, saw all the, the when you saw it the went fires down. I liked go it. Up. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought that was badass. But that's all I really got on the Game of Thrones stuff. For more Game of Thrones coverage, be sure to check out Bros Who Binge because me and Schubert will be deep diving into the episode, giving a review, giving our predictions for what's coming next. But I didn't know Brooklyn If, if you need an extra incentive to listen to our takes on Game of Thrones, I enjoyed the Game of Thrones episode more than I enjoyed enjoyed Endgame. Ooh! Oh, shit. Wait, Brooklyn, you saw Endgame? No. I got Damn. too drunk. I forgot. We can't, we can't have that conversation then. We will have it. Up. Please try to watch it before next I'm watching it before. Me and, me and Kelsey, she's standing right here in front of me. We are going to watch Endgame before next week's podcast. All right. That'll work. We'll talk about it next week. That's good. Do you want a spoiler-free thought that from Lynn? Yes. All right. Look, how everybody been saying this is the best comic book movie of all time, it's not. I didn't think it was. It's not. I don't, I don't think it's better than Infinity War, to be, to be honest. That's what I've been. That's what I've been hearing on the block. But it does that, wrap the story up very well. Yeah, no, one hundred. Like me and Schubert both rated it eight point nine. Well, good. I'm ready then. Yeah, no, you gonna have a good time. And like, like for, go to the bathroom. My, my girl loved it. Oh yeah. It's just be sure if you can. 
try to watch some Marvel movies before you go because they right. really t- before they, yeah that's that's what I was gonna do. They really rely on the fact of all the old stuff because I remember during the movie when something happened, my girl was like, "Wait, when did that happen?" I was like, "Oh, it happened Ultron." Like there's there's well, I'm about to say I'm I'm pretty good at like remembering things when it comes to those movies because like I've watched most of them multiple multiple times so like oh yeah no i feel you yeah man. if you haven't seen ant man and the wasp we should watch the end of ant man and the wasp i i definitely that, i think that was the last one i watched the most recently okay, okay. well then you good you don't even have to really see captain marvel really just go no watch all you gotta I do is we just, good then all you gotta do is just watch, go on the internet type in captain marvel post credit scene watch that and then go watch the movie you good baby you watch up. iron man 3 iron man 3 oh shit i love all the yeah, there's there's a thing that's in Iron Man three that I didn't know about until I had to look it up after the fact. Oh, I know. Oh, that's not a yeah. big. That's not a big big thing. Yeah, but I mean, if you if you don't know who that dude is, there's questions. I guess. I, that, we'll talk about this next week. We'll talk about this next week. All right. The final thing that uh, I'm not going to even talk about games comment on cheating because all the game really said was if. If your man is is not getting the love and affection, and you start shunning him, and he cheats, who's in the wrong? We've basically answered that question multiple weeks in a row. At both people in the wrong. But let's get into this week's questions from the fans. We got Ooh, three questions this week: one from John, one from uh, Christy, one from Young P. Oh no, we have four. One from Young P, and then and then one from No Name. He didn't want to put his name because he was embarrassed. But oh, No Name would be the best. Every time we have someone that's in high school, I will all I will never say their name. I will just take their first initial and put Young in front of it. Like last <laughs> week we had Young D. This week we got Young P. So shout out to you guys. Let's get into these questions. So the first one is from Young P. Hey guys, I'm 16 years old. I would like some ideas. I've known this girl for about eight years and I'm starting to like her. Unfortunately, we consider each other good friends and I don't know how she'll feel about me asking her out. I'm not admittedly good with women, but I know a couple things. Could you guys help me out? I really need your advice. Love the podcast. He's basically asking how to get out the friend zone. Shout out oh, to Hi. Boom. We're going to start with this. Big dog, you got to do it now because if you don't do it now, one of your other friends is going to do it and it's going to be off limits for the rest of your life. Because you let one of your good friends get it at that. That's it, bro. You're going to be sitting there thinking about what if for the rest of your life. You got to get to that. But let me tell you a little story. Was it Young P? Yeah. Was that yeah. his name? Yeah. Young yeah, P. Yeah, man. Like, I was in your same scenario. 16 years old. Been had a really close friend that I was really uh, close with. And I had those kinds of feelings for. We don't talk anymore. Ooh, damn. So you, are you saying not to tell her? I mean, you can be a, if 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 you really feel like you might have a chance at getting it reciprocated. Like, you know, I barked up that tree for a while, and it ended up ruining any sort of friendship I ever had. So it depends on how much you value the friendship. Ooh, see that? Okay. Ooh, my okay. Thing, my thing with this is is look, young P, you're only in high school once, and yes, high school relationships there's some that that work and stand the test of time. But I'll say this: majority don't. And as a as a young boy, I, I the only regrets I have in life are things that I didn't do back then. And you don't want to live with regrets, young P. So if this girl you really like her and you really want to take the chance with it, and you feel that if you don't ask her, you'll have regrets, do it. But like Shuby said, if you feel that the friendship outweighs that, 
then maybe you should be friends. But I, I'm always for shooting your shot because the worst thing she could say is no. And, and yeah, I mean, you may lose that friendship, but I think the worst thing you could say is no, as long as you come at her with like the right way, like I have these feelings for you and I was just seeing if we could go out, maybe explore these. But if you don't have these feelings for me, that's okay. I feel like I'd you gotta- and if, A slight baby step, no, y'all go to y'all dance. Go. Like if Ooh, you got okay. a prom or a homecoming, like that's that'd be the time to initiate that. Like ask her to homecoming and like you know see how that night goes, and you guys are in a date scenario together, and you know be real, real, be real about it. Like you know give yeah, you, you know, can't give say it, it's like, give it your oh, all on friends. that. Yeah, you can't be like oh yeah, we're just going as friends. You gotta like make it known that this is a date. Be like, what you yeah, say. I want I want to t- yeah I want to take you to homecoming and like you know if if you'll see, you'll find out how she reacts when you do that. Facts. Uh if I was gonna say this, I was like, "Now nah, look, young P, if you're trying to explore them drawers, you might as well try that too." Because look, let's be real. Most of the friends you had in high school, you don't even talk to the motherfuckers no more, man. Look, I talked to like maybe ten people, and most of them got dicks. So yeah. <laughs> if I'm being honest, young P, go after that pussy, man. You only live Facts. once. And like and like he said, the, the worst she can say is no. So. Man, go after that. Go after them draws, man. Look, you yeah, young, man. Look, get in the gym, young P. Shoot some <laughs> shots, man. You playing? <laughs> Hope that answers your question for you, brother. So next up, we got a question from John. So about three weeks ago, I split up with my girlfriend of five months. She was slash is a great girl slash girlfriend. In the beginning, we had a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed life with her in it. After around the third month, though, my feelings began to change about her and the idea of furthering the relationship. Without going into graphic detail, oh, John, you got to go into graphic detail. Let's just say (laughs) that the intimacy between us stopped. Soon, resentment began followed by bickering to the point that I felt that it needed to end. The issue is that she was very distraught over breaking up. And so, although it pains me greatly, I've tried my hardest to uh, have broken contact with her, at least for the time being, until last night. She texted me saying, I left something on your front porch for you. Happy birthday. I get home to a monogram, money clip, limited edition flask, uh, socks, and some weed. She finally started listening to me. Now I don't know what to do. My feelings haven't changed as far as wanting to be a part. I just don't know what to do or say. Do I keep them knowing I won't use these things? Do I try and give them back? What, what, what? John, nigga, you know you lying that you're not about to use that flask and that weed, nigga. Listen, man. <laughs> I was about to say, I ain't never in my 24 years of living heard about somebody saying, yo, let me return this weed. Shut your ass up, John. Go smoke that shit, man. And you're going to use that damn flash. You might use it after you listen to this podcast, if I'm being honest with you. What you're going to do is, right, you're going to keep the shit. Yep. And you're going to rip that band-aid off, motherfucker. You got to rip it. Don't be over there being soft, man. You got to yeah. know the truth. Like, you know, what's the time frame of this? Because, you know, I've been in a situation where I've given exes gifts, but it's because I've already bought them. And I'm like, I mean, here, just take it. Because, like... Right. Oh, you, you no, saying yeah, you might have to give it back? That too, Shub. Like, you, I, don't, like, you I, don't know if this is her, like, trying to be like, hey, I want to be something again. Or it's just like, hey, this is, like, the stuff I had for you. Like, just take it. Because, like, I'm done. Ooh, so it, uh, my thing is this. Either way, whatever it is, I don't care. I don't give back. I'm not... Uh, look, unless you give me the gifts I got you back, I'm not going to ask for it back. But because back. I don't ask for it back, you better not ask for none of that shit because once it's mine, it's mine. <laughs> but I mean, I don't care who gave it to me. But yeah, I mean, that fact. girl gave him some weed. So, I mean, it sounds like she's I'm smoking trying to that like... shit. Look, I'm smoking that shit, man. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you no need receipt. to invite her over. Uh, no, no, stupid. 
he should not invite her over because he doesn't feel that, like, even though she gave him all the stuff and she's listening to him now, he said that she, he's, uh, his feelings hasn't changed. Yeah, he still feels oh, the same way that good. they should be, they should be separated. Yeah, he needs to just, the thing is, he's like, do I keep, do I keep the gifts? Do yeah. I, do I give them back? Do I say that I, I want to be with you? Like, he want to know what, he, what does he do with her? You Don't keep lie. the gifts. Smoke that yeah, weed. Yeah. And, and Paul signed in the plaz, man. In Brooklyn, right, rip that band-aid off. Because, like, the longer you progress this, the longer you're going to be unhappy, and the longer you can't move on with your life. Exactly, John. You tripping, man. You got to let that, you got to let that thing go. Who cares hey, if she got Except you your gifts. You, you, you pulled away from it, and she bought you that shit. She didn't have to buy you that shit. But, I mean, hey, it's fire that she did. So, shout out to you, John. That was pretty easy for us. The next one we got, I'm going to say the, the last one is the funniest one, but it's not a relationship one. It's just advice. So okay. this one is a relationship one from Christy. Christy says, I'm a 26-year-old female, and my boyfriend is 29. We have been dating together for about 10 months now. We love each other very much and have had our share of problems and conflicts in the past. He has a lot of chronic health problems he knew of before we met and has discovered that after we have already been together, this has made things very hard as it affects our intimate life along with life day to day with one another. I can honestly say I've never loved someone so much before and I've wanted to support and love him regardless of his health issues. Recently, I brought up the future and what he sees. He mentioned being by the water with his dog and me, but did not mention anything about marriage. He said marriage isn't important to him. This broke my heart and as he was the person that asked me if I'd rather have a big wedding or elope when we first started dating and has inquired about my finances and debts and mentioned his cousin saying he thinks we'll get married, which he shared with me. Perhaps I hurt myself by assuming this is also the person who out of the blue, pretty much, uh, uh, hold on. Oh, pretty soon into relationship, which actually was a little scary said, if you want to have a kid someday, I will have a kid with you. Marriage is something that I want. It's a civil, it's a civil right. Uh, so that mi that many fi have fought for, so that they can have the shared declaration stated across the board in all areas. I do not take it for granted, and do believe those vows are sacred. He said he didn't say he never would get married, but I'm so afraid, and I'm just going to get hurt a few years down the road when he doesn't think marriage is important. Should I end my relationship since my future goals do not align with his? Interesting, 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 Christy. I mean, I look. Just because the guy, the guy said you don't believe in marriage, I don't think that means he's not gonna get married with you. That doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Exactly. I think the man. If I'm being honest with y'all, Chrissy, look, that man running game, baby. Oh. He running game. Look, anybody said <laughs> to you some shit like that, then he take back the comments. He was like, "What you talking about, bitch? Like you ain't know I'm running game." <laughs> he was running game. He My, was running man. big time game on her, and now he's like, huh? I said that, he thinking he said like yo I'm tripping I'd be wild oh. when I be talking to these shorties yo yo running oh wait game. I see where you going running with it. game I, I see running what you mean game. you think he was saying all that to get them draws yeah it's possible it, now, it, that it, that's possible now that he got it on lock he just like whoa what wait what yeah it's not like I'm a I don't remember married. saying that I yeah and then yeah, he backtracking statements and shit like it's not like 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 y'all both said it's not like he don't love you it's just that he said all those things prematurely because he was running games. Yeah, ooh, ooh. See, I wasn't looking at this like that, but you're right. I think you're right. I think you 100 yeah. percent right. Like, that's, that's possible. I mean, if you if you look at it not in that way, you could you could say that you know for some people marriage really isn't that important. See, that's what, that's where together. I wanted to go with the that's where I wanted to go with the conversation. Do y'all believe that marriage is an important thing in 2019? 
Not really, but like, nah. if you're gonna bring it up, then you're gonna put her expectations at that. You know what I'm saying? She's gonna start to think about that. So if you're not that big into marriage, you should never bring this shit up in the first place. Fact. Like, if she bring it up, you brush it off or whatever, or you, you know, you take your head on and you say, I'm not that big into it. But if you bring it up and you come to find out that she's big into marriage and you was running game, you're gonna like a fucking dickhead. Yeah. But if you're yeah, not you big right. into marriage and you let it be known that you're not big into marriage, this shouldn't be no problem. Yeah, it's in, in my, my thing is this with whole marriage in 2019, marriage is kind of a business thing. Like it's like it is it's boy, first of all, it's been a business for like the past how long that shit been legal? No, you know, you're right. the whole time. And I Yeah, we say I that, like, but I mean I do understand her point where like there's been people who are really fighting for it. Like you could say because there's still right. lots of states that don't legalize gay marriage, and for them, and you like, still got you the know, people that are they really value getting arranged marriages and shit from their that's parents. That, you know they know what you gonna be, who you marrying from the time you was born and shit. No, you y'all y'all all have that's what I'm saying. Marriage is a very interesting thing. I, I look, I'm not one of those people that don't believe in marriage because like I'm gonna get married one day, but do I feel that? Marriage is necessary between two people who love each other to be together forever. No, y'all can just y'all can just open up a joint bank account together without that shit. It's right. Like, because because that, that's that's all mar- marriage to me in 2019. Marriage doesn't equal love. Marriage is just a document from the government so they can track your ass. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's yeah. like you know when I always think about like who I'd want to marry, it's more of a partnership because like yeah, you know it is when you really want to marry someone, it's, a it's not like merger, baby. Yeah, it's like you're merging lives. Like you're merging money, you're merging livelihood, you're move, you're merging personalities. Like you know, it's a partnership for sure. No, and that's what I'm saying. And it doesn't have always... to necessarily be a written document partnership. It could just be a partnership without the document. And that's why my biggest thing is that's why I, I agree with you, Shu. But that's why I'm always like I'm looking for a best friend and a good teammate. It's like as long as you're a good teammate and a best friend. Then I feel like the partner, the partnership and relationship will grow. And if and if you're into marriage and I'm into marriage, we'll, then we'll get married. But if if you're not into that, then we can just be life partners forever. There's nothing wrong with that. Either. There's also no rush. Like right. you said, you're 26 years old. I mean, I'm 25. I'm not trying to get married. Oh yeah, Kirsty, you wildin'. I mean, Christy, you wildin'. You 26 and this dude 29. He probably he probably still. But see, to a, a, little a lot more. of girls they 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 see that their window to be married. It's closing. You young, you feel me? Yeah. They want to be. They still want to look like or feel like they're beautiful and pretty while they're young and shit. They don't want that shit to happen when they're in their thirties. Well, if it happens in their thirties, they'd be like, "All right, fuck it." But like, what do you think she should break up with him? Yeah, I'm about to say if she's gonna be losing sleep over this shit, I mean, you go ahead, baby, do what you want. But I think Big Homie really does. He probably is into that shit, but he was running game. So him saying as early as he did. Making you think that you know this this uh, relationship was on the fast track, and need you to bring the, take your horses back in the fucking uh, stable. Stable, he not, yeah. He not ready yet. He not ready yet. He was just saying that shit. I think y'all just need to have a, a a real conversation, and if you can tell that like it's not going anywhere, then you're gonna have to make that hard decision. But if y'all right. both love each other, I think this is something y'all could work out. Well, I mean, if you have this real real conversation and it doesn't like go anywhere or if he's having difficulty having a real conversation about it then just end it yeah, yeah. oh yeah that's a fact if he's avoiding shit or if he's like trying to deflect all your questions and shit she was right you gotta drop that shit yeah you just gotta end it and let that one go no i'm with y'all all right well for the final question this dude didn't want to send his name and i thought this one was funny because it, it, it's just it's just funny so look look what he look look what this dude said 
or whoever. It might not even be a dude, but I, I, I felt like it was. I found out towards the end of the semester that several people had last year's exam questions and answers for all the midterms and finals throughout the year. They copied old questions and equations on their calculators and used it to pass with raw A's while I was struggling with D's and F's that would be curved up just enough for me to pass. I found out some of my friends in the class had access to this, and I was both surprised and upset. One, they, they would cheat. Look, no, 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 look. One, they would cheat. Two, they wouldn't at least give me a heads up knowing full well I was struggling in class, and I was pissed when I found out. I had been studying so hard to stay afloat, and the night before the final, I panicked. I created an anonymous email account and snitched out the entire class the night before. I thought maybe I wouldn't have been taken seriously, but the next morning our professor was in tears. Most of the students had been scoring A's and B's and she had attributed to her teacher. They took away all the graphing calculators and gave everyone a basic cal calculator. People were angry and also worried that they would be questioned. I was shaking in class, excited that I exposed everyone, but scared that I caught my classmates as a snitch. Uh, we took the test. I got a B plus on my exam. The class average was definitely lower than any other exam, and I ended up passing the class with a B once our homework was added in. I don't know if any of my classmates suspect me. The class was very small since we're, I'm in a private college. I don't know if I did the right thing because because now I'm kind of the outclass of the outclass of the class because no one trusts anybody. What should I do? Well, the class is over now. Yeah, or oh, should be coming close to being over. Well, no, he said got to be in the class. It's done. Yeah, it's done. Now, if he got, if he's in one of those majors because he didn't spend. Take the headphones. My headphones <laughs> dropped. Uh, are you, are you if straight? he's in one of those classes with um the fact that you know, like I mean, one of those majors where, like a nursing major or like a, uh, uh, education major, where you're gonna be with those people, basically until you graduate. Woo, big dog, you in for some, you gotta, you gonna have to take that to the grave, you feel me? But if it's a, if you in one of those big classes, big majors, that there's a bunch of people in your fucking major, fuck them. Real, yeah, no, unless they're your dogs from high school, which you probably wouldn't have snitched on them if they was your dogs from high school, then fuck them. <laughs> I, I, would, I ain't never going down as no snitch, you feel me, though, because though. So I would have never did it in the first place. But now that you did it, Big Dog, you made the anonymous account and you did it. You got your B. Move on. Yeah, you got to move on with your life. Don't look. dwell on it, man. Yeah, you got to just move on, dog. And, and look, you did what you did. I think you're a snitch. Brooklyn probably think you're a snitch. Shoot probably think you're a snitch. But, hey, at least you got a B now. And you did what you did. <laughs> you just got to let that go. Right. Oh, what man. else you going to do? It sounded like he was more upset that they weren't helping him cheat. Yeah, that's nah, look, don't like. get me wrong. I would have been mad that y'all didn't help me cheat neither. But, but I was going to go to them kind of lengths. Yeah. Yeah, you are. I would have like, just studied my ass off for the final. But like, Or I'd have, or I'd have found my own way to cheat. Right. Since everybody like, well, you're not going, you're not going, you know, put me in on this. Like, that's what I'm saying. Maybe they felt like he was the snitch. And maybe that's why they didn't put him in on it in the first place. No, that's possible. That is they should, very, very they possible. They should have thought about that because, I mean, like, you know. I, if if I don't know if if you're in that situation, I mean, I don't think I would have snitched on them, depending on if you know how good of friends they were. But I mean, you know, if, if let's say you were in like a group project or something, and that that whole group is cheating, and you weren't, and they weren't counting you in on that cheating, I'd be like, well, shoot, well, screw y'all. Right, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my bag. Right, like yeah, I bet. Say y'all ain't gonna count me in, well, I'm getting even. Yeah, no, no, no.
Facts, 100%. But, yeah, no, man, that's all, that's all we really got for this first part. That, there's not too much we can really give him advice on. He just He's just a snitch. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, <laughs> like, you just got to move on with your life, dog. That's snitch all, that's all you no can... name. <laughs> he didn't even give us a name because he was scared. That's hilarious. But, yeah, no, man, that's all we really got for uh, the first part. Now, now let's get into a word from our sponsor. This week's sponsor is The Edge Barbershop. Man, I got the hiccups, so excuse. Sorry for all that hiccup in, during that last little section. But like I said, let's get into this week's sponsor from the Edge Barbershop before we get get into Bros Who Ball. This week's episode of the Bros Who Think podcast is brought to you by the Edge Barbershop, located at 1512 South College Road, Lafayette, Louisiana. Look, if you want the freshest lineup, if you want your beard trimmed, if you want a haircut, maybe wash your hair, look no further than the Edge Barbershop with my guy, Brock the Barber. Also on his team, Charlie Clips, Young Spody the Barber, Chaz the Barber, and D-Boy. So, again, if you want the best haircut in Lafayette, Louisiana, look no further than the Edge Barbershop at 1512 South College Road, Lafayette, Louisiana. Follow the Edge on Instagram at the Edge period barbershop or follow my guy brock at i am brock the barber again if you want the flyest haircut you want to get your beard looking right because you know we beard gang around these parts you want to get a, a lineup if you want to look fresh and not look little you know mopey fugly you got to go to the edge barbershop located at 1512 south college road lafayette louisiana next to the popeye's buffet the only popeye's buffet left in the continental United States of America. So again, if you want the best haircut, look no further than the Edge Barbershop and tell them the Bros You Think Network sent you and you might get a discount. But let's get back to the show with Bros You Ball. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It is time for another edition of Bros Who Ball. Late night edition after the playoffs. Our guy Justin couldn't make it. We had a special guest. Coming in from the West Coast, I won't reveal his name, but I misinterpreted him. He'll be on next week. But so for today, it's just me and my guy, Shuby, talking draft, talking NBA playoffs, and everything in between. Shuby, how you doing, brother? Fuck. What's wrong with you? No, I'm just saying that I can say fuck. Oh, <laughs> I feel like that's that's an that's an inside joke, ladies and gentlemen. Like That is definitely a, a brosy thing, group chat inside joke. But, nah, man, had you on earlier, Brooklyn, shout out to him. He, he couldn't make it talking sports with us. So, me and you talking sports, we got to talk the draft. Let's start with the NFL draft because that happened. And I want to send my condolences to you, Shuby. I know you had a rough couple of days. Your NFL draft. I don't know draft, what you're talking about. What do you mean you don't know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean you don't know what I'm talking about? I mean, I, feel, I don't feel too bad about it. About oh, all, about the Giants? All went down. All right, no. well, let's. Let's start off at the Giants, you guys, because I feel like that's the, the biggest story of the draft. Of course, Colin Murray went it first. It shouldn't be. Why not? I mean, they had just, I think there were, way be, there were teams that had way better drafts. I think the 49ers had an amazing draft. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, we're not talking about great drafts. We're talking about how you guys fumbled. Uh, like, we're talking about how y'all messed up at six and Dave Gettleman his, his his job is lying on the line of if Daniel Jones is successful. Sure, yeah, it's a bunch of ifs, but I mean, like, I think that's subjective. I mean, 
you know, you may not think that Daniel Jones is good. I didn't think Mitchell Trubisky was any good, but he's starting in the NFL and he might be a, a playoff contender next Ooh, year. Oh, so that okay, so that's how you're looking at it. All right, well let's 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 talk about it then. So be honest and upfront. At number six, when you could have had Devin White, who you guys need. Oh no, because Devin White went before you. You guys could have had Devin Bush. Y'all could have had Josh Allen, Ed Oliver, Jonah Wood. There was there was many people of 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 value that was worth the sixth pick. Gettleman said you don't draft for need, you draft for value. I want to ask you, at the sixth pick, <laughs> does Daniel Jones need the value of the sixth fucking no. pick? Okay, no. well, stop stop trying to give me some Giants fan shenanigans where you're trying to make yourself trying feel to better. Say, I'm not, no, I'm not trying to say that it was justified that he should have taken him sixth, but, I mean, I'm not going to say that Daniel Jones isn't a bad pick until he shows me he's a bad okay, pick. Okay, I see where you're coming from with it. You're not yeah. going to... You mean not jumping on, jump, jumping down his neck until we see him play? I mean, I thought a lot of dudes were going to be bad picks. Like I said, with like Trubisky, I didn't think was going to be any good. I didn't think Dak Prescott was going to make it in the league. No, you know, there's a there's a lot of quarterbacks that I didn't know that would be as good as they are in the NFL. And a lot of it is, you know, we're looking. A lot of people are looking at the name under his under, well, the college name. Yeah, and people are like Duke. Oh, Duke. Duke's not a good football team. Okay, well, I didn't think North Carolina was a good football team. I didn't think Mississippi State was a good football team, even though they did have a pretty great season that one year. Let me, but, give, let me give Trubisky some bail because, all right, Daniel Jones, for his career, I believe, threw 50 touchdowns and then uh, had, like, over eight interceptions, like he like over uh, eight interceptions in the season. Let me pull up Trubisky's stats. Well, I mean, I really think I really think it's not worth diving into the Daniel Jones discussion because the problem that the Giants made was that they picked him at six when they could have got him at seventeen. Yes, I, that, I, there, I think that's there was nobody problem. there was nobody that was going to draft that dude. And my thing and is, get, took, let's get real. Y'all took Dexter Lawrence, and yes, he's a he's a solid, which was great. He's a solid defensive tackle, but my thing is. At 17, why not take your quarterback there and at six get a better defensive tackle? But, I mean, I guess if you think Dexter Lawrence is the guy, you could get him. But I just think with Josh Allen and Ed Oliver there, there's just better defensive linemen for you guys out there. Or, or Christian Wilkes. Well, personally, you know, I still say that the jury's out on Marcus Davenport, so I'm not too big on these defensive linemen coming from smaller schools thing. Okay. So, I'm more excited about Dexter Lawrence than I would have been excited about Ed Oliver. So I'm cool right, with Dexter Lawrence. But I think that, that that 17 should have been Daniel Jones. They should, they should have definitely gone for someone, maybe the linebackers like Devin Bush. That's what I'm saying. But, you had Devin Bush. You had Josh Allen, outside linebacker. And even if you want D-tackle, I think Christian Wilkes is a better Clemson D-tackle than Dexter Lawrence. Sure. So I mean, that, it's that's all subjective. Just, yeah, but for like, sure. and, and but, but when, it, when it comes to the rest of the draft, though, I mean, you know, DeAndre Baker was a little bit iffy at the end of the round, but you got Julian Love in round four, which I think was a steal. I think he's a way better corner than DeAndre Baker. I don't know why he was waited that long to get picked. And then y'all Gary Slayton out of Williams. Auburn is a really good re- receiver. I really like the what he did at Auburn. So I mean I I don't really hate the draft that they did except that you know the jury's out on Daniel Jones who knows yeah I think I think y'all's draft this draft will be remembered depending on how Daniel Jones does and my question is what do y'all do when Eli starts Eliing in the Knicks in the uh, not the Knicks the New York media of the Giants is clamoring for Daniel Jones I don't think he's ready oh. Uh. Yeah, we'll see if they clamor for Daniel Jones. I think that they're still way iffy on him. They don't. I don't even know if they'd ask for him. 
But so you so you don't think even if if Eli starts Eli and sucking it up, they won't they won't be like, yo, give us Daniel. They might want to say, give us the look, just yeah, so we can see what it looks like. But I mean, I, you know, I, I think the Giants are looking are realistically looking at the teams that are around them right now and realizing that they're not there yet. They're no, not, they're not. They're, they're not going to beat. They're not going to beat the Eagles and the Cowboys right now. Even though the, and, I don't and, really think that those teams are that great. And in my opinion, I think the Redskins had a great draft. Yeah, I think the Redskins had a great draft too. And I the think thing that they're very more their morality is in question. But you know, that's just me. Yeah, due to Ruben Foster, I agree with you as well. I agree with you on that. But I just think picking up Dwayne Haskins, picking up Montez uh, Sweat, and that, and see, that's another thing that the Giants were like, man, y'all took. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, but Montez Sweat was low-key one of the best defensive ends out of, and you could have got him at that low pick, so that's just another thing that that made a lot of people question the Giants. I don't know, but they're about the same. Okay, the same. Right. I mean, they're I think, ranked, they're rated the same. For sure, for sure. I think it comes down to preference at that point. But and, the Reds, and there were a lot of, and there were a lot of defensive tackles and ends that were taken before Montez Sweat, so you're not just making saying the Giants messed up, you're saying a lot of teams messed up. Oh no, for sure, for sure. I'm just, I'm just, I, I got it. But Terry McLaurin was a great pick. That's what I was doing. Bryce Love Ohio, was a great pick. The Ohio State Terry McLaurin to pick, pair him with uh, to pair him with uh, Haskins. I think that's a great, great pick. Who are some other teams you think had solid drafts? Like I said, I feel like the 49ers had a really solid draft. Getting Taking- Nick Bosa, of course. You know, Debo Samuel is a pretty good receiver, and and you get Jalen Hurd. So you kind of are rebuilding that receiving core and giving Jimmy Garoppolo weapons. Yep. I, yeah, I agree with that. I think Denver had a great draft. John Elway might have gotten his quarterback, and then he got him in the second round. Uh, to come out and get Noah Fant. Talking about Locke? Yeah, man. Drew Locke. Look, Drew Locke is, even if you don't like the pick, he got him second round. Drew Locke was supposed to be quarterback number two. He's had different offensive coordinators for each time. He played in the SEC. Has solid, solid potential. I'm not saying he's going to be their franchise, but at least if you compare it to all the other people from Brock Osweiler to fuck to freaking uh, what's his name, Paxton Lynch, I think Elway might have hit it out of the park because you get Dalton Reisner, offensive tackle, to block for uh whoever whoever is the quarterback at that point. You like I said, you got Noah Fant, who's arguably has more skills than Hawkinson. Hawkinson's just a overall beast at, at doing everything, but he can do a little bit more in terms of pass catching. You got uh, Draymond Jones, defensive tackle from Ohio State. I just think, look, Denver made, Denver was like, yo, we're going to, we have to battle in that uh, AFC uh, West, and now we have a solid, solid, we had a solid draft. Yeah. I, you know, we'll see how it all pans out. I really like that Justin Holland's pick at round five. I think a lot of guys went in the later rounds that I don't yeah. know what people were smoking and not picking them earlier because like our boy Greedy going to the Browns. Yeah, Greedy. But I mean, that's that's still a second round guy. I'm talking about like Julian Love getting picked up in the fourth round. Justin Holland's getting picked up in the fifth round. Like there were some really great names that were getting picked up in later rounds, and. And it may, it may have been combines, and, and you can't really just depend on combines. But, you know, I, I'm i really excited uh, for, some of the, for some of the drafts. And, you know, let's talk about the Saints for a second because they're a local team around here. All right, well, let's, I do, like, the let's do the Saints. All right, we'll do the Saints right now because I, I want to yeah. talk about who I think had the ultimate best draft. Sure, yeah. Well, when we look at the Saints, a lot of people have been like, oh, I don't know if they should have traded up for McCoy. Maybe you could. Maybe you didn't have to. But you got him, and I think it's solid to have that depth 
behind yeah. because because you don't know how Nick Easton's going to fare, and you want to have a good center. It's and my important. thing is, out of all the centers in this draft, yes, he wasn't the number one, but they said he's the most ready to play now. And with losing um, our boy Nick Max Unger, it's a perfect move. Like the Saints, the Saints are playing for right now. We have to win with Drew now, and why not have that center ready to go? Get our line prepared because these guys are getting older. Who I'm um, trying to see who else the Saints took. We had another pick. Hold on, let me pull that. I think it was in round four, not uh three. In round four. Oh no, we didn't have any picks in round four. Oh no, we did. We took uh Chauncey Gardner Johnson, solid safety from Florida. Did I, I like that pick as well? And then the Saints, I believe. No, well, I like Elise Mack. Uh, he wasn't the number one tight end at Notre Dame, but it gives you some depth behind Dan Arnold and Jared Cook. Yep. And the thing that a lot of people aren't talking about that the Saints did after the draft is they signed little Jordan Humphrey. And I think that is a huge undrafted free agent signing. Slot. He was the uh, – I, mean, I you know, he's a six – he's he's a six-four, you know, tall, big receiver. Ooh, I and like I think that. that was a great pickup. He was the number one receiver at Texas – I thought that I was surprised to see that his name wasn't taken in the draft because I thought that he was one of the better receivers that I had seen in the college football last year. And so I think the Saints got a steal in the undrafted free agent department with him. I also think whoever gets Hunter Renfro in the undrafted free agent is going to No, they, he got drafted. Oh, who picked him? Oh, man. You, you're putting me on the spot there. But they did. I, I, Hunter Renfro did get drafted. Uh, not in the seventh round, so it must have been the sixth. But also the Saints took linebacker Caden Ellis. From Idaho, just bolstering that defense some more. I don't really know too much about the kid, but so I, I think it's a solid pick. And also we got Raiders. Hampton. Oh, the Raiders took – that's a Raiders player. That's going to be solid for uh, the Raiders. Raiders building their offense. Oh, well, speaking of the Raiders, let's talk about the Raiders because they had a lot of first-round picks. They got rid of Khalil Mack. Do you feel that the Raiders with Mike Mayock having his first draft, do you think that was a solid draft taking Cleon uh, 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 Farrell or how uh, – I don't know how you supposed to say his name, but taking Farrell at four, taking Josh Jacobs at 24, and then Jonathan Abrams at 27 to finish their first round. Jonathan Abrams, I love that pick. I mean, he was a great safety at Mississippi State. He made a lot of amazing plays. Farrell, the, you know, he can't go wrong with a Clemson defensive lineman, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, Foster Mo- uh, Moreau from LSU was a guy Solid they picked up. End. Solid tight end. Uh, Hunter Renfro that we just mentioned. And then you got a Look at Josh Jacobs at Alabama with losing Marshawn Lynch. He's a guy that may be a smaller package, but he does pack a punch. And and he's definitely determined. He allows you to be in the pass. He can run it. He he gives you multiple looks. And seeing how the NFL is moving with the guys like Kamara, Le'Veon Bell, these pass-catching backs, it allows Oakland to do a little bit more in their offensive scheme. But the team, I think, had the best draft. It comes down to between either the Colts, who didn't even have a first-round pick, and they come in in the second round, take one of the top, take one of the higher-rated corners in Rocky Sin. Then they come and take Ben Bagno as a linebacker to build both of that defense. You get Paris Campbell, wide receiver from Ohio State, to build to give another weapon to Andrew Luck, who's a who's a deep threat speedster guy. So now you have him and uh, T.Y. Hilton along with Eric Ebron. Solid, solid draft by the Colts. You take another linebacker in the fourth round. I mean, the third round. Solid, solid draft by the Colts. 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of people are saying good things about their two offensive linemen they drafted in the seventh round, and that just adds to the depth. If you can protect Andrew Luck and give and find a way to get it out to his weapons, that you know, T.Y. Hilton, if Paris Campbell can make it onto the field week one, I think he could be a, a huge difference maker. Uh, everyone's been talking very highly about the Patriots draft, yep, and, and it was it was pretty good. That's what I was getting at. That was going to be my last one to say. I think the Patriots had the ultimate best draft, get, replacing. Uh, Gronk with a Nikhil Harry wide receiver, big wide receiver to, to do what Gronk did to give Tom Brady his big weapon to be in the undermediates, the slants. That's what that guy does. And you and you showed me when me and you were watching, uh, getting ready for the draft, you, you were big on Nikhil Harry with, from Arizona yeah. State. So I just think that's a solid thing. And then the Patriots also get uh, oh boy from uh, Ninovich, I mean not uh, Chase uh, yeah. Winkle, Winklevich. And solid, solid player just to replace Ninkovich. Like I was saying, they get Damian Harris running back. That running back lineup over there is big. You also they also took an offensive tackle from West Virginia. I mean, the, just the had Arkansas a great offensive lineman that guy was really great. Um, I really like Jawan Williams, even though he played for Vanderbilt. He was actually one of the standouts. Uh, they get Jared Stidham, which is a, a throwaway pick. I don't. know. I'm not going to say anything more about that, but in round seven, getting Ken Webster out of Ole Miss, I think Ken Webster is someone that could really add some depth into the secondary, maybe be a nickel guy. So, yeah, the, the Patriots did pretty well. Yeah, man, and I, I, it's funny you talk about st- – you don't like the Stidham pick, huh? Well, I mean, I think it's just like picking Zach Mettenberger. Same okay. thing. You don't, you don't think it matters. I feel you. I no. feel you. 100%. Um, last question I have, what do you think about – this was an interesting take that uh, Carolina goes in and takes Will Greer in the third round. Does that mean anything for Cam Newton? Does that talk about maybe his injuries more than they've let on? How do you feel about that pick? Who's his backup? Will Greer. No, who's Cam Newton's backup? Oh, that Will Greer. Oh, I don't. Uh, exactly. Yeah. No, you're right. So you don't think so, it's, it's, it's a it's a play for the future? You think it's just a backup to solidify it? I think it's depth. I mean, Will Greer is someone that obviously isn't ready to play on the field right away, but it's someone that if you put him in the right situation, like we've seen with the Rodgers and the Bradys and, and all of that, you know, I, I think it's there's a lot of value in, in hanging behind someone who is a, a high-caliber player. Maybe Cam Newton isn't the same style, but you never know what the direction of the team might be if Cam were to leave. So. You know, I think it's it's okay to get Will Greer there. I think the the you know adding Jordan Scarlett have kind of a tandem deal with him and uh, what's his name uh, Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty big. And getting Greg Little to have some uh, a, a nice tackle is uh, I think huge for the Carolina Panthers. But I mean, you know, I think they had you know a nice average draft. Christian yeah, Miller's they were in the average good. range. I mean, yeah, if you look at their their stuff on the internet, you know, they're going to get a lot of high ratings, but... To me, it's not... Know. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Nothing too big. A, a lot of similar players and positions that they already had, had filled, and they got two edge guys with Christian Miller and Brian Burns. Like, how many guys... You know, it's just... I don't know. No, I'm, I'm with you. Also, fin- final thing I want to... Oh, well, we not the final thing, because we have one more uh, position to talk about, because we got to talk about the Rosen-Murray thing. But sure. final, final non... QB move I want to talk about is DK Metcalf going to Russell Wilson. I got to give that name courtesy of uh, our guy Adam Lefko of Bleacher Report. He's been calling him Russell ever since he started changing his voice and being like, yeah, uh, how, how you got go Hawks? We out here late night. 
me and my boo Sierra and Sierra braiding my hair now. So <laughs> that's that's Russell Wilson, and he has a, a a receiver in DK Metcalf to replace Doug Baldwin, who's more than likely going to retire. Do you like the pick for uh, Russell Wilson now that he's the he's the breadwinner at Seattle? They're trying to build him up his offense so they can win. Shoot, I mean, for Seattle to be able to get DK Metcalf in the second round, I think was a pretty big, pretty big pick for them. You know, he was the guy that a lot of people were thinking were going to go in the first round. I was surprised that yep. uh, the Patriots didn't take him and instead got Nikhil Harry, which great for them. I think Nikhil Harry's great, but you know, I also thought DK Metcalf was was a similar, a similar good player. But the thing is about DK Metcalf is he wasn't even the best receiver on his own team. Yeah, that is true. DK so, just had like a big surge due to due to uh uh what's that what's that word I want social media. Yeah, and you know, and some people would tell you that Gary Jennings Jr., who they got in the fourth round, might be a better receiver. Yeah, true, 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 true. So let's talk about uh, Kyler Murray. We've known for about a couple months now that Murray was going first, and now Josh Rosen is in Miami. Who do you like the situation more for, Murray fun- or Rosen? The funny thing about uh, the Rosen deal for Miami trading the Cardinals, you know what pick Miami traded the Cardinals to get Josh Rosen? Uh-uh. The one that the Saints had. Oh! <laughs> so, so the Saints traded uh, the, to the Dolphins to trade up, and the Dolphins used that pick to get Josh Rosen. That's hilarious. So— yeah. My and, and low key, the Saints would have loved to have a, a Josh Rosen in the wing. How do you feel about Rosen? Do you think this is bigger for the Cardinals, or do you think this will be Rosen's opportunity to uh, you know bounce back? Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a good opportunity for Josh Rosen, and I think it's a really scary a scary situation for the Cardinals. You know, now you got Cliff King, Kingsbury coming into his first year. He's talking about bringing in his type of offense, his kind of coaching into the NFL and bringing it with a guy like Kyler Murray, will it pay off? That's the question. And for going for a team that had the first pick and had a lot of quality picks, they didn't really address the one position that they needed to address the most. And that was offensive linemen. They only got one offensive lineman. Granted, it was a Galliard out of Georgia. Who's a pretty good offensive lineman, but that was the biggest need that they had, and I, they didn't address it. Yeah, and it's like they had opportunity. Instead of going Byron Murphy second round for that first pick. They got three receivers. Yeah, and they could have went uh, uh, offensive lineman. Or in that third round, like you said, they go Zach Allen defensive end, and then they go – I'm trying to see who else they got. They got no. round four, Hakeem Butler, which is, I think, the best receiver that they got out of the group. And they should have just got him. They should have just had him. Yeah, and then took some uh, offensive linemen to protect Murray because the thing is, their offensive line was atrocious. And for this system to work for uh, Kings Kingsbury, they need to have good offensive linemen that can run up and down the field, move the pocket, and allow Kyler Murray to play that uh, air raid offense that Kingsbury does. It's going to be interesting to see because Kingsbury, yes, he got his guy. Now everything's in motion. But the thing is, he is a coach that you, whether or not you – believe he's a quarterback whisperer that's up to you but you if you go by what he did at texas tech he didn't do anything like he didn't do much and he was a losing coach so some some would say he, here's and, here's what cliff, cliff kingsbury did he lost out on baker mayfield ran him out yep and didn't got do lucky well patrick that mahomes. patrick mahomes is transcendent yeah true 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 that and he and he couldn't even win games with him yeah that's my thing like 
as it like I remember Patrick Mahomes in Texas Tech, people were like, Man, that dude can throw the ball, but it's like, why aren't they winning? You know? Like, and I people, guess you know people didn't if, think Patrick Mahomes was the star that we think he is now, covering Madden. And if you want to go back to his time in Texas A and M, what do you have? Johnny Johnny Manziel and after Manziel not much. So and and Manziel didn't even pan out in the NFL. So I, I, I don't know. I didn't really like the hiring of Cliff Kingsbury in the NFL. I thought Cliff Kingsbury would have been a good hire for an offensive coordinator job in college. Like I, I didn't think that there was going to be any way that Cliff Kingsbury was going to make an upgrade job. I thought if anything, it was going to be sideways or a, a demotion. So yeah. the, for the the reason that for him to have this job, I think is crazy. It really so is. I think it's I think it's better for Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen was in a situation in in Arizona where he did not have the protection. He was thrown into a situation that he wasn't ready for because they he had brought in coach. Sam Bradford. He lost his coach in the process. Lost the and, GM that picked him. Yes. So I mean, he was pretty much left out on an island, and now he gets a chance to start anew in Miami, which is a is a pretty nice franchise to be in. Yeah, and the, look. The, and and, and with them and oh and with them is in the what the east yeah sure the jets are on the rise but eventually the patriots are gonna have to fall and someone's gonna have to take over and for him to play to play against josh allen and sam Darnold, that's just gonna be motivation for him like he said the chip's already on his shoulder it's big enough my thing is this i want to ask you how you feel about this what steve smith said on nfl network i don't know oh okay. if you saw that yeah. I just don't think it's fair how every NFL guy who's like a, a, a I guess, a player, former player, they're they're all just making these assumptions on Josh Rowe just because he comes from affluence and he and he has other other endeavors that he partakes in. I don't think that makes him not committed to football. And I just th- I just really want Josh Rosen to just show everybody up because I just felt it was unfair of Steve Smith to make those comments of him. Yeah, I mean. Everyone's gonna have their issues with Josh Rosen because they don't like his story. Yeah, um, and I mean that's just the case because I mean in in today's society, nobody has any sympathies for the rich boy with two parents. It is that's not his fault, you know. Like I mean, it, so uh, you know, I guess you got to look at what the situation he was thrown in in the NFL. Like, if the situation he was in wasn't great, and for him, he should have been upset about it. Uh, he was overlooked in the draft. He should have been upset about it. I think that, you know, he, well, who was it that went ahead of him? Josh Allen. Like, I, I think he was better yeah. than Josh Allen. Josh so, Allen, Sam Darnold, you can make the argument that he's better than both of them. Yeah. And, I I mean, I've, is, seen, and I've seen him play they, live. Yeah, and, and just because he unfollowed the Cardinals on social media, that makes him weak. Like, no, dog, I done followed them, too. Like, get, get out of here. And I don't just because he unfollowed them, I don't think that says that, oh, he wasn't down to compete with Kyler Murray. He, he would have definitely I think he competed. I think he just knew the writing on the wall and knew he was gone. Exactly. That's my thing. I, I just felt like NFL guys have been way too harsh on Josh Rosen these past two years. They want something to critique. It's the summertime. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But that's all I really have on the draft, Shuby, unless you have anything else to add no. before we move on. No, I'm excited, man. I love the NFL draft every year, and I think that there's a lot of a lot of moving pieces here that are pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, and we, and we did say with the Cardinals and them picking receivers, I will say as well. I don't know why the Baltimore Ravens got as many receivers as they did. Oh even though, yeah. With you know, they got Brown and then and Miles Boykin from Notre Dame. It's not like Lamar Jackson's about to go throw for 400 yards a game. But did you see who they drafted in the sixth round? Who? 
Trace McSorley. <laughs> Interest. That's an MC. I feel like as much as people talked about Josh Rosen and, and uh, Kyler Murray, if Lamar Jackson doesn't pan out, I, I, I can see them going to Trace McSorley. That would even, be interesting. Even though I don't necessarily like his talents as much, but it's I, I'll say this about the Baltimore pick. You're right. I, the big wide receiver helps them with blocking. I like the Hollywood Brown stuff because as much as Lamar Jackson is not going to go deep to him, and he can from time to time in the play action, I like the Hollywood Brown stuff for the dink and dunks. That's fair. So he could do the underneaths and then make something happen on his own. But I, and, I kinda, and he's been on two teams with guys who know how to move, so he can he probably knows how to improvise. Exactly. So he, I, I feel like he helps uh, Lamar more than the other wide receiver. But let's get to the NBA. To let's start off with the game that happened tonight. Uh, also, and we'll be getting them the f out of here tonight. We'll be getting the Spurs out of here as well as the Clippers because they both lost. But um, Denver was up 1-0 on Portland. Portland comes in and wins tonight as we record this. Wins on Wednesday night. They win. Uh, let me pull up. It was 97-90. Was the score? They win 97-90. The, the Nuggets won the game uh, 121-113. In this 97-90 win, the Trailblazers, uh, Aminu had 11 and 10 boards. CJ McCollum had 20 points. Dame had 14. Rodney Hood had 15. And Ennis Cantor had 15. I think they won this game due to Ennis Cantor and Rodney Hood's production. But if this game showed me anything, the Trailblazers aren't good, and the Nuggets should win this series. If Jamal Murray didn't get injured in that game, he, he didn't have a lot of points. Jokic had under 20. If they would have just played the way they played in that fourth quarter the whole game, they don't win this game easy. Like, Portland is not that good. And after seeing this game, it really makes me question OKC even more so. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Question OKC infinitely because, you know, Portland won this game. But if you look at their stats, it's like, how? <laughs> yeah, it really, you know, bro. Like, after I watched that whole game and I was falling asleep because I was like, this is boring, well, and Portland it was, shouldn't be winning this yeah, game. Yeah, turn it off because it was bricks. It was brick, 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 brick. It's just everyone's missing. You know, you had, what, Damian Lillard went 1 for 7 from 3, 5 for 17 from the floor. You had Jamal Murray, who, yeah, granted got injured, 2 for 8 from 3. Gary Harris, who needs to be a guy who hits shots, 0 for 5 from 3, 4 yep. for 12 from the floor. This, this seemed like what you said was all about in his canter. And if you can imagine what it would be like if Nurkic was still available, hmm. and, you know Portland actually might look like they were in the regular season. You know, and it, uh, I, I'm with you. Yeah, I think Portland's always kind of just been overrated, and 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 then especially now, so because of all of the stuff that was generated last week out of that Thunder win. Yeah. Everyone's like. Every Portland is a hot team on everyone's mind right now. Damian Lillard's the hot name in everyone's mouth, and um, and it's like, yeah, Damian's great, but that team is just not good enough to <laughs> yeah. compete in the playoffs. No, I'm with you. It just they didn't look like they were supposed to, and it's just like they're gonna if they advance, they're gonna get they're gonna get swept by the war. They're gonna get swept. But I think you know with Portland winning this, and you know we talked, uh, we gave our knock on OKC. But it also shows how I feel Denver isn't playoff ready either. Oh, no, 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 no. Denver is way young, and we need to see the emergence of either, like you said, Jamal Murray or Gary. Somebody has to step up. 
that's why Denver won against the Spurs. And if Murray's injured, I don't see how Denver wins. Yeah, there's no way. And uh, Beasley, you know, he got a good solid 27 minutes. And I think that he's progressing later on. And if he can do even better in the summer and come back for next year, I think that he's going to be a guy who makes that starting rotation. So yeah. you know, Denver, Denver's just not there yet. They're young. They'll be they'll be there next year and then next between were, next year and the year after. Remind me, they remind me of how Milwaukee looked last year. Yeah. Like the talent's there, but like they just but need they some just maturity. don't have it together yet. No, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one hundred percent. Let's uh shift over to the Warriors. Yeah, let's shift over to the Warriors. We see the Warriors are playing the Rockets in tense and tense series. The Warriors win game one. And also game two, they win game two, 115 to 109, and they won game one. Give me one sec. They won game one, 104 to 100. Everybody, after seeing game one, there was the big conversation about the refs. And look, I'm a, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about the refs because everybody was doing that, and this is how I feel about it. Yes, Clay Thompson fouled him. Yes, like three of those were legitimately fouls. Some people would say four. I thought it was, it was either three or four. But they were fouls. But my thing is this, Hubert. James Harden, all, all regular season, has baited refs, has shown refs that, oh, I'm going to stick my foot out. I'm going to make you call this call because I'm just – the rules say this, and I'm going to manipulate the rules my way. And he's flops. He does – he, he shot the most free throws in the, in the regular season. That team complains, 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 complains. And, and we see this every year. When they get into the playoffs, they don't get the same calls because it's playoff calls, and, and they're initiating contact. And if the refs really wanted to be serious, they could call offensive fouls on them every time because I saw, when, for example, the other night in game two when they called the call, KD was behind the three-point line, and James Harden jumped into the three. KD never crossed the three-point line, and James Harden was two feet behind it. He jumped into it, and that's how the contact got called. I, as a former basketball player, you have to jump straight up and straight down. You're not supposed to lean and kick your feet because when you do that, you're initiating the contact with the defender, and that's how you get hurt, and that's how they get foul calls, and it's just not right. And I don't agree with Houston saying the refs took it from them. They just got their butt whooped. How, well, how do you feel about the whole ref thing? I mean, what you described is why I don't like James Harden. No, I'm, I, I, that's I why I don't, I don't pull for him. I don't like his game. Like in in general, I, you know, and that's why, like, whenever people bring up the MVP conversation, I had an argument with this on the radio today, where I think the MVP is worth his reward if you're going to give it to James Harden or Russell Westbrook, because I don't think they're valuable players. So, Interesting. you know, uh, James Harden's definitely valuable if you can get the calls and that's it. And it, the fact of the matter is that the Warriors are in their head. Yeah, they really are. And we'll, we'll talk about uh, game two in a second. But. Game one, the, there's no reason why the Rockets c- couldn't have won that. The Warriors weren't no. shooting that. The Warriors weren't shooting that well. You had it down to the thing, and and they were more concerned about foul calls. If they would have yes. been concerned about themselves and winning the game, they would have won that game. Yes, they could have won that game because you know what they were trying to do at the end of the game was get on the free throw line, and that. that why is that a strategy? Like, what, is, what is Mike D'Antonio doing? But that's how they've been, and, and that's why I, I can never – that's why I don't pull for the Rockets because every regular season since Chris Paul and James Harden have come together, it's been about flopping, make, uh, making the refs call thing. And that just shows, like, can you not win basketball without that? And that – it just – it makes me feel like they're not as good as everybody makes them out to be because 
People no. don't want to take in, take into consideration the foul calls. They don't. And, and yeah, we've been well, saying I mean, this for like two years now. Yeah, I don't know how why the Rockets is everyone's idea of the Warriors' kryptonite. I mean, it, they got a seven-game series last year, but I think that had to do a lot with the officiating. Yeah, and were the war and were the, did the Warriors complain about it? I don't remember. I don't no, think they did. And not not and look, the Warriors are definitely for those out there who don't like the Warriors and they're like, but Linden and Shubes, the Warriors complain. Yes, they do, but they don't complain to the extent that the the Rockets do, or if you know, they who else do, complains? They don't let LeBron. The, yeah, exactly. But what I was going to say is they don't let the complaining dictate how they play. They just complain, and then they'll continue playing like the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, where the, the where the Rockets, where the Rockets let it get to their head. Yeah, I mean, the Rockets, and from what it sounds like, they're all they're focused on why other people are taking away their chances. When the Warriors are like, okay, well, we're just gonna keep doing what we do. Yeah, I mean, that, exactly. We, we got to be worried about what you can do and not what other people are doing. No, one hundred. The Rockets, the Rockets have had their opportunities. I mean, they got within three points last night and let the Warriors run away with it. Yep. And then, then you know, speaking on last night's game, the Warriors weren't hitting shots, but when that game came on, man, their defense last night was immaculate. They said for that first quarter. When you, if you're a Rockets fan, you knew that game was over in that first quarter because when the Warriors came out, they, the Rockets were complaining about fouls and they were, they were trying to draw. The Warriors didn't give a damn if they fouled or not, and they, and the thing is, they didn't foul and they played such great team defense from Iguodala to Draymond to KD to to Clay. But I want to single out KD, Clay, and Iguodala. The rotations okay. that they made on help defense had, were phenomenal. KD rotating, getting the block shots. Clay rotating, getting the, the 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 steals, and Iguodala and Clay, the way that they would hedge the traps on James Harden and, and Chris Paul, enforcing double teams, they essentially took the the role man out of the game. Clint Compella was useless, and they forced James Harden and Chris Paul to either score a tough shot or get somebody else to score, and they weren't doing that last night. I gotta commend the Warriors on just finally locking in and playing Warrior defense of old. Yeah, you know, I'll say this about Kevin Durant. You know, I I will never like what he did going to Golden State, but in the seasons that I've watched him play, I'm I'm becoming a supporter of Kevin Durant. I think that oh, he is yeah. an amazing basketball player. What I've seen from Super Kevin Durant smart. and Kawhi Leonard this se- this playoffs and the season in general, I think that those two behind LeBron are, are by far the best players. And you know, Oh yeah. And you know, I even think that people making the argument about Kevin Durant being the best at the moment, I think you can make you can make that argument. I think he might be oh, the best at the moment. I, I not might be. I'm gonna go out on a lip because LeBron can't be the best player right now. He's not in the playoffs. No. He's not in the playoffs, and I'm not with Giannis or James until they do something in the playoffs to show me that they're the best. They're not the best. You know who's showing me they're the best from his defense to his smarts on the floor to the way he picks his shot. This dude's on a team with Steph Curry. Clay and Draymond, who can all get their points, all get their shots, but this guy's the one they go to. He, ever since he said, you guys know who I am, I'm Kevin Durant. He's been averaging 30-plus points, just unstoppable, unguardable. To me, it's a tie right now between him and Kawhi Leonard because as great of a score Kevin Durant is and the great his defense is picked up, Kawhi's the flip. Beautiful, beautiful defender, and his offensive game is picked up. Those two have been playing great, great basketball. But to me, the best player in basketball right now is Kevin Durant with a second 
a close second being Kawhi Leonard. And we can get to more of this when it gets to June, but you know, I think that Kevin Durant's playing some of his best basketball in his career right now, and it's a perfect time for him to take over a, a new team. No, I'm in, and from everything that it seems like, he's gonna leave. But shout out to Golden State. Uh, do you feel that the Rockets can come back and win this series? Or no. Do you, you think it's done now? I mean, I never thought the Rockets could win this series. No, no, no. Me too. Do you think it goes four or five? Four or five. Five, yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards five because I think the Rockets are at least get one at home. They I think they'll to, get, I think game three they'll get their calls. If, if they don't win game three, it's a sweep. It's a like there's no way the Warriors aren't going into Houston after winning a game three, and they're going to close it out on there on on Houston's floor. But I think it'll go five, like you as well, Shuby. So let's get to the East since we've covered the West. Let's start with Bucks Celtics. Celtics, okay, win, Celtics win game one, 112 to 90. The Bucs couldn't do anything. Giannis Antetokounmpo said straight up he didn't play as hard enough. He didn't get his team to where they needed to win to be. And then he comes out in game two and dominates. The Bucs win 123-102. Uh, you get 29 points and 10 rebounds from Giannis. But what I thought the, the key to them winning was Chris Middleton be, being the actual second option, getting 28 and seven, and then Bledsoe being the third option, getting 21 points. What have you seen from this Milwaukee Celtics series? Are you still in favor of the Bucks, or, or, or do you think the Celtics have, have a shot? How are you feeling? Uh, well, I think Paul Pierce was definitely in the wrong when he said that Boston had it in the bag. Oh, yeah, Paul Pierce was wilding. Like, they need yeah. to get him off of TV and bring Dwayne Wade ASAP. And so what what we talked about just a little bit wh- a while ago with Denver and how I think that they are Milwaukee last year. I think this is what we're seeing now. Milwaukee last year in the playoffs against Boston, after losing that one game, I don't think that they could have mentally came back from that. Now we're seeing that they have what it takes to push through and to get the wins that that they need in tough situations. I think it's important that you have a, a Nikola Mirotic on that team now, who went nine nine and nine. You know, he's not he's not he may not be putting up a lot of points, but he's he's proving himself as a capable player in that starting lineup. And he adds another shot maker on that court. Facts. I mean, he was one for five for three in that game, but you know who was hitting their threes? Chris Middleton. Seven for ten from the three-point line. That's what the the Bucs need going forward. They need to get Antetokounmpo going. He needs to do drives. Hey, he was making some shots as well. Yeah, he made and they, oh, so and he made get it out to threes. Middleton and Bledsoe, who are who are doing great. I yep. think Bledsoe's playing his best basketball of his career right now. I I just think if Giannis doesn't, Giannis has to be zeroed in every game because if he's not, we'll see what happens. Like in game one, it's going to be an interesting series, man. This is the time for Giannis to make his claim for best player the best player in the in the world. And if he beats the Celtics, he he he's going to be on his way. I just don't know. If we're gonna see Kyrie over and like like you said, the Bucks couldn't have won that game too last year. They come back with a vengeance. Now it's to see how the Celtics respond to the Bucks. And I, I still have the Celtics winning, but this series is so close. And like you said, Middleton is the key. If Middleton does not have games like he had tonight and be the true second option, the Bucks have no chance. Well, I also think defense is huge for Milwaukee because I think that, you know, sure, Jason Tatum pretty much missed everything. Yeah, but someone had to had to keep a face in Kyrie Irving, and you know, for Kyrie going four from eighteen from the field, you know, that's that you can't 
you can't cut it if, if you're Kyrie Irving. And I think that this is a really big it's it's really big for both sides. If you're the Boston, you have Kyrie Irving over here who's like, Man, I gotta get under that shadow of winning a title under LeBron because yep. everyone everyone notices that in that time Kyrie made the big shot. And they know that Kyrie has the stuff, but can he do it when he's the guy? And on the other yeah. hand you got Giannis Antetokounmpo, who people are wanting to claim be a top three player in the NBA, but he's the jury's still out on that. You know, he is pretty much a greater Ben Simmons at this point. Yeah. And and um, you know he's got to he's got to get the victories to show that he can compete. And so yeah. this is a huge a huge series for him. And losing that one game at home for Milwaukee's a pretty big deal because now you're going to go two games in the Boston. If Boston can get two games, you're down 3-1 going into Milwaukee. That's a scary situation to be in. Yep. Boston swings the tie, gets that home court. Oh, excuse me. Gets the home court. And like you said, it's, it's big for both. Kyrie Irving, potentially one of the most skilled players in basketball, the best closer right now. And it's like he wants to prove, like you said, I don't need LeBron. I can lead my own team. I can play my way, my brand of basketball, and it works. Giannis trying to show that he's the man. Like I tweeted, I can't pick the Bucks until, until Giannis shows me that he can win playoff games. And it's like with James Harden. You can be the best in the regular season, and you don't want that stigma of I can't win. And if Giannis doesn't, doesn't win again this year, it's, he's going to start to develop that James Harden stigma. So it's, it's both guys want, want it very much so, and it's going to be very interesting to see how this continues. But Pels fans, we want the Celtics to win bad so we can get that yeah. boy, J- Jason but, Tatum. But Pel- Pels fans, Jason Tatum has scored nine points in two games in this playoff series. Total. How do, do, how do you feel and, about and, 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 the, and the person who's coming off the bench to in, in support of him has not been doing very well either, Gordon Hayward. So yep. that's a huge deal for the Celtics. I mean, are you going to depend on Jalen Brown? It seems like to me Jalen Brown is, is the guy – that's looking better than Tatum at this point. And if I was a South, uh, Pelicans fan, I, I would consider getting Jalen Brown. I would want – in that in that point, I would take Tatum and Brown instead of – you remember how the conversation used to be Tatum and Smart? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you got Tatum and, and Brown, that'd be incredible because, I mean, like I, I think that's a, a franchise changer right there. I don't think no, Boston would ever do that. No, I don't. But it, but if Kyrie stays, I mean, shoot, they would because AD and Kyrie and Hay, Hayward, they believe is – a winning uh, uh, in Horford, a winning team. But sure. that's all we got for Bucks, Cel- Bucks Celtics. Let's get to the final uh, series that we have to talk about: Toronto versus the Raptors. I mean, the Raptors versus the 76ers. The se- Raptors win 108-95, first game, and really went handily and, and really just put the 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 beating on uh, the 76ers. The 76ers come back in Game Two and win 94 to 89 with limited play from Joel Embiid. Bead, it was really Jimmy Butler who stepped up with 43 minutes and had 30 points. Ben Simmons had 44 minutes with only six points, five assists, and seven rebounds. Joel Embiid played 32 minutes with 12 points. You have James Ennis with 13, J.J. Redick with 11, and Greg Monroe with 10. Do you feel, to me, that game two that the 76ers won, it was literally because of everybody else? And I feel if Joel Embiid does not get healthy and play, they can't beat Toronto. Like, I feel like, yes, they won game two, but it still feels like Toronto series to me. Yeah, it's weird with Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid, if he was healthy, I think that Philadelphia could run through the playoffs. 
because, I mean, I think he's just a dominant force. And for Toronto, I didn't think that they were in any sort of bad position in that game. Like, I mean, sure, they got down real real big early. They came right back in it, and I thought they were in it the whole way. They just, didn't, they just didn't make the shots at the end. I don't know if that has to do with the coach. Uh, I don't know if that has to do with Danny Green just not hitting shots and not having anyone to come to come off the bench and support. You know, Van Fleet didn't get any points. Jody Meeks, who's supposed to be a guy who can hit some shots, didn't make any points. Uh, Norman Powell made one of one attempt from three point and had 15 minutes. Like, you know, where is he getting the? Why, why isn't he getting the ball? That's. And Siakam it, it, was a little off that game, even though he had 21 points. He missed a lot of shots. Sure. Yeah. Um, they did. They just didn't have any contributions from their bench. It was all Kawhi, Pascal Siakam, and Lowry. And what makes ter- Toronto great is, like you said, their bench performs. And I think that's why the 76ers won that game is because they had more performance from their bench. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that Toronto, if they can get the ball rolling, you know, if, if everyone can get on the board and get get a few shots off, it'll be a lot like game one. Yeah, no, I'm right there with I, I, you. I'm not, I'm not really too worried about home field or home court here. I, I, don't really, I don't really find Philadelphia's home court advantage to be that it's threatening. Big. Yeah. And I, and with Joe Embiid still iffy, I really think that even though with a younger coach, Toronto still holds the coaching win there. I think that Brett Brown's terrible. Yeah, I don't think Brett Brown's good. Somebody said Brett Brown looks like he's five minutes away from internal affairs coming down or FBI internal affairs coming down and getting him for taking drugs off the uh, off the street and selling them himself with that damn beer. <laughs> that shit was hilarious, bro. Shout out to that dude on Twitter who said that. But uh, yeah, man, Toronto's just so good. Good and something that I said earlier in the season that's just now finally being noticed. The Mark Gasol pickup was probably. I know people wanted to credit Tobias Harris as being one of the best pickups in uh, this season, but I think the Mark Gasol one is even better. Uh, yeah, and I think it's going to set them up better for games to come if they can get through the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think Marcus is doing well to pair up against Joel. Embiid right now. But, but I think that has to do with some of some with injury, yeah. And I think that the offensive production for Gasol is just not there in some respect. Like he's just he's getting down the floor and he's taking some bad shots. Uh, he should. He, there's no way that he should shoot four three pointers in a game. You don't think he Brook Lopez? No. No. Yeah. That, I, I just I just really like what he brings in terms of leadership. He can Defense. hit the three if necessary, and he's a great def- great defender. Yeah, yep, yep, definitely. Yep. But that's all we really have, really, for uh, this playoffs. Let's get to get them the F out of here. Let's start with the Spurs. Look, Pop, one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest, is, be- is between you, Phil Jackson, Red Arback, and Pat Riley, in my opinion. One of the greatest. But, Pop, bro, why you didn't call a timeout at the end of that game, game against Denver? Yo, get the fuck out of here. Derek White, bro, you scored 36 points in one game, and we haven't seen you for the rest of the season. You got to get the fuck out of here. Maybe back to the G League, my G, because you ain't balling. Let's get to DeMar DeRozan. DeMar, you said, oh, I can lead a team. Oh, I can do this. DeMar, that's why they got you the F out of Toronto, and we see how Kawhi doing with that team. DeMar, you're a quality two, but you're, you're a robber. You're not a Batman. Get the fuck and he's out been a Batman here. in both places. So, like, you know, what, how is, when is he going to get it through his head that he's not? Look at the Spurs li- lineup. You, know, you got LaMarcus Aldridge, who, yes, is a great player. DeMar DeRozan, solid player, not a star. 
Well, I mean, star, but not the star. Yeah. And you're going to start Bryn Forbes and Derek White. Who? Get them out of here. Get them out of here. They need a Batman because they have two Robins with LaMarcus Aldridge and, and DeRozan. If they really got a superstar, they they could be deadly. But until then, they're in trouble. Get the Spurs the fuck out of here. See y'all later. Y'all fishing. Next up, we, we got the Clippers. Look. I'm not going to be too hard on the Clippers because they played extremely hard. Shout out to Pat Bev. Shout out to Lou Williams. Shout out to Montrezl Harrell. But get them the fuck on the out rise. of here. Exactly. Lou Will is probably going to be six man. I think they're they're either going to get a Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant or maybe both. They're in one of the best positions for free agency. Doc Rivers is a great coach. Coach the hell out of that team. Shout out to Jerry West for putting it together. Shout out to Steve Ballmer. But, yo, I'm not going to be too mean on y'all. But y'all just got to get the fuck out of here because y'all like the play. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to face the Warriors. You guys got to take your L and, and go home and get ready for the off season because you y'all have a lot win. of potential. Yeah, y'all really, they really, really do. But Shuby, that's all the time we really have this week, man. Tell the people where they can find you at on social media. You can find me at Twitter and Instagram at ashubert fourteen, or you can listen to the Bros Who Binge podcast every Friday, and uh, check out last week's episode if you caught Avengers Endgame. We give our thoughts. It was, we reviewed uh, it, was it. Yeah, and reviewed reviewed it. Definitely, that was. You got to remember, it was our first review from just coming off it. So there's definitely some opinions that have changed since then, and I'm sure that everyone has their own opinion. But give us some feedback on it because we'd like to have the discussion about Avengers Endgame. This week it's going to be all about Game of Thrones. We're going to talk about the big battle that just happened and what's to come in the next three episodes as well as some big news, especially with Batman, right, London? Yes, sir. We, we have the leads on who might become the new Cape Crusader. So that's so, all to come on this week on Bros Who Bench, so make sure you check it out. Check that out every Friday. Be sure to follow Brooklyn at Where's Brooklyn at on tw- Twitter and Instagram. Shout out to my guy. Be sure to follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think on Twitter. Follow Linden, Follow me at Berlin the Don on Twitter or Lennon Burton I on Instagram. Follow the bros who think. Be sure to check out all of our amazing content, whether it's the new episode of Anime Talk. Me and Krista got into the best dub ever. We got into ranking the new Shonen main characters for who will t- take the main stage after Luffy. We, we got into uh, Bandai on how they make shitty anime games. We talked about that. We reviewed the new newest episode of Demon Slayer and One Punch Man. Be sure to check that out, as well as on YouTube. Reviewed the latest chapter of My Hero Academia, chapter 226. If you're a manga reader, check that out. Also, check out Primetime. Charles sat down with Billy and Body to talk about the new AD for LSU and everything going on over there. But that's pretty much all we have this week. Merch will be out soon. We got a lot of stuff on the horizon that we can't wait to show you guys. But until next time, for Brooklyn, for Schubert, my name is Lennon Burton. You guys have a great week. We will see you guys next Thursday as always. And enjoy yourself. Be safe. And remember, take care of yourself. But until next time, you guys have a good one. Everything good, you know that I want it. Swoop down on you. Yeah, I see something in you, little mama. Drink pouring. Yeah. Never stay around for a nigga that often. I'm just trying to talk with you. Yeah. Something seem wrong with you, girl. I know you really wanna calm down, baby. Yeah. Uh, there's nowhere for you to run now, baby. Yeah. Uh, hey, yeah. I know you want a real one, baby.